everybody. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Transatlantic Rebels podcast. This week, we are delving into the back catalogue of someone called Eminem. And we're doing it on the eve of the release of his latest album, which is called Revival. And this is the year 2017. So we've got a lot to cover. We've got 21 years to cover, effectively. However, we're not going to deep dive into every single album or everything. That would take, like... 10 podcasts probably each one of which would be two hours long so we are in fact going to basically pick a song from each of the albums and um, like our favorite song and then just see how it goes and then there'll be various talking points and stuff but we don't want to go on too long Uh, I mean literally Revival is coming out tomorrow so it's more a kind of precursor to that a good reminder of what he's done in the past and where we think he might well go on Revival Not that we have long to wait, but it's just interesting just to talk about it. But the main thing is definitely kind of recapping uh, what he's done so far and when. And yeah, I mean, he's got a rich history. It's interesting when I was going through his discography, not just his solo ones, but also his D12 ones, Bad Meets Evil, various soundtracks that he's curated, etc., etc. He has put in some work. So there's actually quite a bit to cover, to be honest. Um, So, yeah. The other thing to remember is that we will be dedicating an entire podcast to Revival itself. And I'm not sure exactly when that will come out. It depends on <laughs> on how complex the album is. If it's an incredibly dense, layered, complex epic, then we will need some time to soak it in. If it's um, pretty simple, then yeah, I'm sure we'll get it out sooner than that. So uh, let's see what Eminem has in store for us. So, Rashad, are you excited for Revival? And uh, let's get your thoughts on Walk on Water. Um, is That Walk on Water um, thing is interesting because uh, I, I like the song, but there was like, just looking on Twitter, it's like there's like a, there's, there's like people split into two like different sections. It's like all, it's, it's the Eminem fell off again, wagon, again, once again. And then there's people who enjoy it, which is interesting because on iTunes, it was like number one for like a whole day. And then like it still fluctuates between like like one and four, like throughout the day. So it's still kind of there, so people still enjoying it. I think I like the um as much as I like the the uh the um the uh C D version or you talk about the album version, I do think I like the uh I wish after hearing Skylar Gray and him perform at the uh I think it's the EMAs. Yeah. I think I hope I hope there's a, a version of that on the album when it comes out, because I think I like that one a little bit more. 
It's just weird. But then again, I guess that Scarlett Grey wrote the hook, then you could tell it's like she's more natural with it, I guess. Even though Beyonce is no slouch herself. But I enjoyed it. And I think it's, and I also think it's one of those um, opening tracks where it's kind of like he said, he's doing, somebody said it on Twitter. It's funny. He's like, he's kind of be rabbing it. He's probably, he's doing a be rabbit thing again. He's also, he's like automatically calling out what criticisms that people have towards him this time, ahead of this time before he gets into the album. And then like at the very end, it kind of seems like he's going to have a few curveballs coming at you. Like some of the album may be like that. And then there might be still those other tracks that he's going to do his like uh, his old school Eminem shit on. Yeah, maybe. I guess it's kind of almost like a PR thing because I I read an article just before we started recording this and it was basically saying, oh, Eminem, you know, hopefully he's going to leave like the sexism behind and stuff because the current climate with the whole Harvey Weinstein things and all that kind of stuff, because the climate is fucked right now, really. And I kind of agree that he needs to watch himself a little bit. But then realistically, is Eminem really going to do that? Is he going to downplay anything? He's, you know, he always kind of has these easy outs saying, oh, no, it's Slim Shady's character or this or that or whatever. So, you know, but but interestingly, in the Donald Trump thing, he kind of like, he kind of refrained from going at Melania too much. In Walk on Water, there's nothing like that. And he's also, he's also collaborating with Beyonce. You know, these are two of the most popular artists this millennium. And they have very, very well-established fan bases. And, um, and so... You know, it's it's ultimate. Like, I, I get what you're saying about it being on iTunes number one and all that kind of stuff, but there's a lot of star power there behind that. I don't think that's necessarily indicative of what the song, you know, how good the song is. Um, I mean, it's Eminem plus Beyonce. That's going to equal number one, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think it's an interesting precursor to the album. I, like, if we're looking at Marshall Mathers LP two, I think he dropped. So what he performed berserk on snl then he dropped rap god and then once the album came out i think it's after a week or something he dropped the video for monster with rihanna um and and that was similar i think to recovery as well so i think that that's a that was certainly a pretty good way of doing it this is not quite the same i think he's going to host snl like next saturday or this saturday or whatever um yeah so i'm sure he'll do something else then but then by then the album's already out so I don't know. All I'd say is basically those first two or three weeks are crucial. That will kind of give us a clue as to how well the album's going to sell, like ultimately. And I, I think it's going to be um, a, a pretty big commercial album, to be honest. Like, this isn't going to be Marshall Mathers LP2. This is going to be more like Recovery, effectively, and more like oh, the yeah, Eminem yeah. show, uh, or, or, you know, I, I think it'll be along those lines, to be honest. And I, I don't, you know, to be honest, I kind of hope he hangs up the whole rape jokes and this and that and stuff. You know, I, I do think at a certain point you have to be like, look, chill. Like Jay-Z, for example, mostly did it on his album this year on 40, 444. You know, he seemingly grew up behind the mic a lot and, and owned up to a lot of shit because he's in his mid-40s and, and so is M now. Um but then you just don't know. It's Eminem, <laughs> as we're going to discover. He also, said, he also the said on the hour. song, yeah, he also said on the song, he's still juvenile. This here's a catch twenty two with that because he can still do that. But if you go into the concert, he's still going to say that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like no matter what the album does, he's still going to have those lyrics when you go to his concert. You know what I'm trying to say? Like he's not going to self edit those old songs. You know? No, I mean, so like, I, although that, I mean, he work? he did say on uh, on headlights that he 
doesn't do cleaning out my closet anymore and like he the song makes him cringe and stuff like that so there might be some unless he was just saying that you know <laughs> but but the, the, there might be some sort of lines that he's drawing now you know i i don't know it's difficult let me to ask you a question that. let me ask you a question did the diehard fans go to eminem concert do you think they're going to be bothered by that you know what i'm trying to say like if he's still doing this these old songs like on tour and stuff like that do you think because my point is my point is this it's like for the mainstream i get that he's I like like going back to what he said on the um on the uh the, the, the Trump cipher where he was like he's about to say something like misogynistic but he's like I'm gonna stop. Yeah. I think he's smart enough to know that he's not gonna do it there. But knowing Eminem fans, I don't I think Eminem fans get the I think Eminem fans get what he does, but I think for the mainstream he's not gonna do that as much. You know what I'm saying? Like the Eminem the Eminem fans already know what what, yeah. the, what the slim shady thing is and they get it. But because, like you said, the climate is like the way it is right now, I think he's going to ease up on that. I mean, he's still going to say some like controversial shit, but maybe, maybe, maybe it won't be misogynistic as much. You know what I'm trying to say? Maybe that's the one to hold back on. But still, he'll still probably say some shocking shit from time to time. Like that stuff is like, what the fuck did you say? But I think he's going to like ease up on the women stuff at this point. Yeah, I mean, I've so basically I've been listening to what kind of prompted this podcast in the first place is that this week I've been listening to every single album that he's ever done and. Um, I finished today and then we were actually supposed to do another topic and I said to Rashad uh, messaging each other I was like can we just do one on Eminem like I know that in the Marshall Mathers LP2 one that we did back like a year ago um, we did cover a lot of his other albums and stuff like in, in a circular way but I just wanted to do it a bit more explicitly here because it's all really fresh in my mind so I feel like I've got a really good handle on I've never done that before I've never just spent like three or four days listening solely to Eminem or you know or including Bad Meets Evil and D12 and everything, all the way from Infinite, you know, Slim Shady EP, LP, Marshall Mathers, all the way up to uh, Marshall Mathers 2. Um, so that that's what kind of prompted it. And and listening to all of those has just made me realise, no, don't expect anything different on Revival. <laughs> you, know, you might get slight tweaks here. You might attenuate certain things for the, the era that we're living in. But don't forget, he would have written loads of this, or like all of it, basically, before the Harvey Weinstein thing broke. And he's not going to suddenly go back and just start editing out loads of stuff. It's more like a PR thing that he'll put Walk on Water as the first single, um, just to kind of like dampen perhaps the expectations that he will be usual M. I think, I think, I don't think this is going to be a huge departure. I just hope actually, I hope it just has dope songs on it and huge singles. I think that would be cool. Because um, I really liked Recovery. I know it's not his best album, but I really liked it. And I actually think the direction there, I think it's one of his most, I think it's his most interesting album. But we'll get to that later. Let's not spoil things too much. Okay, so basically, I think what we're pro probably going to do is take like a song each from each of his albums and uh, just kind of talk for one or two minutes on it, not too deep. And then just talk about the album itself. And we'll, we'll just kind of plow our way through his discography. So we'll be right back after this musical interlude. So we start off with 1996's album, his debut, which was not quite self-released, but kind of in association with a label called Web Ent Entertainment. And it's called Infinite, which was released in November 1996. Um, to be honest... <laughs> this is a great start to the podcast, but I don't have an individual track from this. I don't think Rashad does either. Um, I mean, what, what did you think of Infinite in general? 
I mean, it's one of those. It's, it's one of the things where like I have like a playlist with all the songs, all all of his albums on it, from like Infinite to um to uh, Marshmallow's LP three. I mean, two, not three, two. Um, so basically, what I do is just like put it on a shuffle, and if a song comes up there, they sound good when it's on the shuffle. But I don't go out of my way to go listen to them. So I mean, basically, it's got like that old school, like that, like that, um, like that Detroit, New York kind of like I'm in my basement with these beats kind of feel. That old school, like '90s, early '90s, late '80s kind of vibe. So it's nothing any, it's not nothing bad, nothing terrible, but it's like it's just there. But if it comes on my like, like if I'm driving in the car and I'm playing it and it comes on, I won't skip the track. So it's nothing really to write home about, but it's not bad either for me. Yeah, I mean, for, for, I know people who say, "Oh, Infinite is my favorite Eminem album." And stuff. I'm a little bit skeptical of that. I mean, he's basically disowned the album, not because mm. he wishes it doesn't exist or anything, but it's just it's clearly like it's kind of like a glorified demo or or sort of like you know this would have been better as like an ep effectively um just showcasing look this person is serious and has some talent and um you, you know the beats are nice they're sort of like slightly new yorky rip-offy type ones his flow is kind of like az i guess like nas and az or jay even a little bit um and and it's it's just nothing like what we got from once he joined Dr. Dre's stable, basically. Um, saying all that, I, th- I think I think it's important because it got him going. It shows that he was willing to make a debut album. He was willing to do it, get in the booth, and actually release it. Even if there's a thousand copies, it doesn't matter. You know, it showed that he would make it happen some way or another, effectively. And you know, that led to the following one, which is the Slim Shady EP which led to him getting signed. So if he'd never done this, he might just literally have just been <laughs> just like most of us who'd never released something, you know? Um, so I think it's important. I, I certainly don't... I think if anyone's, if anyone says it's their favourite album, fine, fair enough. But in terms of quality level, I mean, no, no chance. But, it, it, you know, it's basically, like I said, it's I, basically I, like a demo, you know? I, I think it's like almost like a hipster... Like not to disrespect anybody who enjoys it, but it's almost like the, his, the hipster favourite. Like I enjoyed it before he got popular. Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. That kind of album, like I said, it's not bad by any stretch of imagination. No. But you can just like you tell, like he's just working out the kinks. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I would say, the only other thing I'd say is that it's interesting hearing him on those kinds of beats because a lot of us over the years have said, oh, you know, wouldn't it be wicked to hear Eminem over a primo beat or a Pete Rock beat or this or that or whatever, whatever. And and these are basically kind of you know sort of diet versions of those kind of beats basically so it did happen once upon a time it's just m was in in the kind of embryonic stages of working things out so um it'd be funny if revival (laughs) was basically like infinite two or something and and you know that would be kind of dope but i don't think so all right so then he moved on to the slim shady ep which was released just over a year later so in december 1997 um so this really was the introduction of his persona, Slim Shady. Obviously, you can tell by the title. And um, it, I mean, the influences are kind of debatable, but, you know, the, the kind of insane clown posse ones, it was very horrorcore. It was really over the top. And he was just kind of like, I don't give a shit about anything anymore. And just really starting to say what whatever he wanted. And there are a couple of songs that make this um, or, or kind of, earlier versions of things that make it onto his full label LP. But what did, what did you think of the EP itself? I kind of like, I kind of like after, like after I went back and like listened to stuff, 
I pretty much ignored this one. Like, Infinite, I feel like, to me, it's like those two right there. Because I feel like there's a, like, because the Sin City, uh, the Sin City LP is the one that I consider, like, his first album. I feel like these two are warm-ups. So whatever songs that are on this one, I feel like they're just, like, kind of, like, until Dr. Dre got his hands on it and, like, polished it up. I think it's still kind of, like, rough around the edges a little bit. But you can tell that he's, like, getting a little bit better. It's like he's almost there. I feel like he gets really there with the Marshmallow LP, but not to jump ahead. But I feel like this is like just another warm up step, pretty much. Like I consider these two albums, Infinite and Infinite and um and the EP, Marshall, the Slim Shady EP, kind of like um like mixtapes. And then like the Slim Shady, the Slim Shady LP is like the first real, fully formed Eminem at this point. Yeah, I go along with all that to be honest. Um, again, this is important in in his career arc because it got him noticed after the rap olympics basically so if this hadn't existed then then maybe it would have been a bit more difficult for him what i think almost certainly would have for him to actually make the connections in the record industry so i I don't know but i mean it's fine i like you i think it's fine i don't love it a lot of people say this is better than the actual album um I i don't know but that's i guess that's a personal preference thing but for me that's not really the case yeah i feel the same way i just feel like like i said I think the the thing that those people enjoy about those albums more than that, I'll say this uh, before before we go into the rest of the stuff. Like I always felt like for me as an Eminem fan, I'm always more interested in what how he raps. Like, I think for me, and I think a lot of people might agree with this, and I think this is why some of those people might prefer the 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 EP and the Infinite is because they got like that like that dirty feel. Whereas on the his actual albums, the ones that are like by by um by the record labels, it's almost like they're polished, but they're also like they're not the typical beats you want in hip hop. You know what I'm trying to say? Like even with the Marshmallow LP, it's not like it's not like you hit listening to like um like you said like Alchemist beats or um or Primo beats or uh or or Ninth Wonder. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not like that. It's more along the lines of what's the word I'm trying to look for? They're not safe, but they're not like bangers. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I think the, the I remember I remember when somebody said the only banger he might have had was um. Um, encore on the encore album, maybe. Maybe that's like the first time you've heard him like with that. We come here to set the party up. Let's rock tonight. But then, other than that, it's like it's pretty much Eminem's beats are pretty much like so far left of the field that they're not like it's not they're not like they're like completely off and like they're like pure kind of beats, but they're also not like your typical like like what you consider like you were bumping a whip kind of beats, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, there's there's more to talk on that point later. Uh, I get into yeah. definitely um, regarding the EP. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the sort of two big ones from this are just don't give a fuck, and just the two of us, which just the two of us turned into Bonnie and Clyde, didn't it? Um, so yeah, I mean, if should we just move on to the actual LP itself? The LP came yeah. out what about? about 14 months later basically 14 15 months later so it's february 1999 my god hmm. it really doesn't seem that long ago to be honest um <laughs> so so by this time he'd been in the rap olympics came second the um you know a few ears had pricked up and stuff i think it was jimmy iovine someone got the, the slim shady ep to jimmy and uh, I, I suddenly know a lot about him because of the Bruce Springsteen connection. Because um, I recently read Bruce Springsteen's book *Born to Run*, and I didn't realize how far Jimmy Iovine goes back. It's quite—it's pretty interesting. 
<laughs> so um and then jimmy got it to dr dre and dr dre said we've got to sign this guy and uh, so they got in, t- in contact with him and it happened so I, I i kind of get alluding to what you're talking before i get what people are talking about with the with the album and the ep when he was kind of doing it on his own i i think eminem is so talented that he could have gone in so many different directions and go moving with dr dre and already creating the slim shady persona it, it was kind of like this really i don't think too many other producers could have handled eminem like dr dre did put it that way i think dre actually deserves a lot of credit you know um for for providing this bedrock for eminem to to really kind of go crazy on basically with these you know atypical beats with these really quirky kind of samples and stuff and um it's funny like on the buster rhymes podcast I mentioned that uh, Wuha was a precursor to My Name Is. I think there are a lot of similarities there. So I don't think it's completely, you know, out of the blue. But it's certainly in combination with the video that it was a proper major label debut, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think in general, he just did an amazing job helping Eminem to become this this larger-than-life figure. Um, because I think if Eminem had signed with anyone else, I think he would have just been quite, quite a middle-of-the-road artist, to be honest. I don't think he would have lasted that long. So, um, in terms of, did, did you have a song from this album that you wanted to pick? Um, mine is just "Don't Give a Fuck." That song just cracks me up. It's like it's it's weird because I didn't like Eminem until March Madness LP. Because I mean, I, I wasn't like a prude, but I just didn't get it. Like if you're if you're from the outside looking in Eminem, you're like, okay, he's just saying shocking shit to be saying shocking shit. So I'm not gonna deal with the shit. Like cause when my name is came out, I wasn't really that impressed by my name is. So I, and then Gilly Conscious was okay for me at that point. I really didn't get Eminem. But then when I heard Murph Mental OP, I went back to this one. And I just, there's two Eminems I enjoy. I enjoy the, 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 the introspective one, the, the, the sincere guy. I always go back to him and Axel Rose are more similar than people always say. It's like they both have a side where they don't give a fuck. And then they also got that side where they're like genuine. And to me, when I hear, when I went back to this album, listen to it. And I, and I enjoy most of the songs of the album, but I feel like just don't give a fuck. It's like that, just like that. Like, it's literally, like, the name of the song. Like, the stuff he's saying is, like, he's just saying crazy shit. <laughs> and I just start cracking up. And I shouldn't be laughing at it. But once I got what he what he was, it's, it's like somebody said on Twitter, it's like, this stuff, like, these, like, his first couple of albums would never make it right now. In this climate, it would just not make it. And this song doesn't give a fuck. And some of the lyrics he say on here, it's like, it would just not, it, he would not be able to even get it out there at this point right now. They would rip him a new one at that point. But if you get the Slim Shady joke and if you get the whole persona thing, he's mocking morals, then it's, it's, it's funny as hell. Some of the lyrics he says on there is hilarious to me. But that's my, that's my most enjoyable song. Is it the best song on there? Nah, but is it my favorite song? Just for fun and laughing at, I think that's what I like it for. This album's better than I remember it being pretty... Uh, like, I never really rated this album um, like super high. Like, I kind of... Okay, I'm going to get so much hate for this, but kind of like... <clears throat> like Nelly's album, Country Grammar and Stankonia and this, they all kind of mesh into that kind of strata for me where they've, they've got like three or four really wicked singles or songs or whatever. And then the rest of it kind of is a bit one note almost or, or, or a bit kind of like just, just they're just solid songs basically. Um, whereas actually when I was really listening to it this week, I was like, actually there's, there's not that many kind of weaker moments the the only thing is i think the, it goes on a bit long which is literally every eminem, eminem album ever it always goes on like three or four songs too long but 
for me anyway. But I think uh, 9-7, Bonnie and Clyde on this one is is incredible. It's That's even better than I remember. Guilty Conscience is just so funny. Jesus Christ. Like, I still get shocked listening to that song, to be honest. You're right. There is no way on earth that could have been a major label second single for a debut artist. Guilty Conscience. Oh, I'm shady wouldn't, I'm shady wouldn't be either. Which one? I'm shady. Oh, no. talk- yeah, exactly. I'm shady when he talks about. Oh my god! I was kindergarten. Kindergarten teacher sucking. We beat the preschool. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then the one about the swim team would not even make it. Now it would not even get out there at all. Yeah. You know, what part. You know, what line I'm talking about. No, the which one? The swim team one. No. Or I'm shady. No, no. Which one? When he talks about what he's going to do to the women's swim team, he says, "Don't take me for a joke. I'm no comedian." Right after he says that, I'm like, "Oh my god." You don't remember that? No, I'll have to go back to that. Got you. <laughs> but yeah, it's like just some of the stuff on here is like, you know, he would not, no, no, would not get out. Yeah. Um, I, I, I liked My Name Is anyway, to be honest. I think it was just incredible. Do you know what? I'll now say it, and I'm not alone in this, and I know it's really embarrassing, mm-hmm. but for a week, I didn't realize um, Eminem was white. <laughs> so, so, so literally, what? No, I'm not even joking because... Don't forget, basically, this was before I didn't have um, like, like what do you call it, satellite or cable TV. So you didn't see the video. So you only heard the song on the radio or when your boy was playing it in a car, basically, right? Okay. And so I don't think there were any references on My Name Is to him being white um, that I can remember. I don't think there were any. So it was just like, oh, my God, what is this? Oh, my God, he just said Spice Girl, blah, 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 blah. It was all that kind of stuff. And then after a week, um, I saw the video. I was like what the fuck so so and then after that you're like okay this kind of makes sense now so but it's interesting how many people say exactly the same thing um i know i'm probably getting like completely snarks from anyone listening and you right now (laughs) but 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 yeah i'm not alone Uh, at least i don't think so so okay so that was the slim shady lp it's worth noting that was gigantic jesus christ um it really turned Eminem into a huge star. I don't think he was expecting to be that big a star, to be honest. Um, and then, actually, it's worth noting that Dr. Dre's album, um, 2001, came out in 1999 as well. So Eminem had actually a big part to play with that. That came out in, what, November 99. And uh, there was Forgot About Dre, and then he had some other roles on that. You know, he did a lot of writing on there as well. So... I think that was a big a big moment for him. Then we jump to in May 2000. It's really not that long after Slim Shady. Yeah, it's like 15 months after Slim Shady. You have the Marshall Mathers LP, which is his... Well, I don't know. Do you think it's his mag- magnum opus? I have it's not my personal magnum opus, but if you're going to talk about and he goes talks about it in, in um and walk on water like this is the one. See, I always make a, I always have this analogy with Marshmallow's LP and, and the original Star Wars trilogy. It's like it's almost it's such a moment in time. It's such a moment in time that no matter what comes after this, it's ne- no matter how good it is, no matter how hard he tries, and he even says it on the, on the Walk on Water album. It's like this is just, this is such a moment in time. And it's, it came out of nowhere. I mean, it didn't, again, it came out of nowhere because, I mean, the Slim Shady LP. But, like, the success of it and how big he's going to get with that subject matter. Like, you would you would never think in your lifetime that that subject matter on this album and the stuff that he was saying would be that big. And it would go that huge. And you would sell, like, 10 million, 
10 million albums, 10 million albums out there. I would say if, if people are going to make, if you're going to make an argument about which one made the most impact as far as like Eminem in the mainstream, I think this is the one. So it, to me, it's not his personal, it's not my ideal of his magnum opus, but if I'm, if I'm removing myself from the equation and I would say what, if, if somebody asked me what album would I give to Eminem, I would give him this one first easily. Not a question at all. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's interesting when you kind of compare his later day stuff to this. I think the biggest difference is, is this has like three huge singles on it that somehow managed to become huge singles, even though they're really quite, well, I mean, one was not that unconventional, but the other two are. And it's kind of like, it's just bizarre how huge this album did become. Um, not how much it's sold because at that time NSYNC was selling gigantic numbers so it, it's not that surprising to me but I mean like I said it came 15 months after Slim Shady LP and th- this is his I mean this is like you could argue is this his most creative album in certain ways in terms of maybe not in terms of the overall album but in terms of the singles especially uh, to me, uh, see I- I'm going to have an argument with this later I would argue that this is, this is, I would say this one is the most creative. If you if you take out assess, if you put accessibility, I think this is where he's, where it's balanced, where it's the most accessible and creative. Yeah. I would say that one. Yeah. There's other albums later on that aren't accessible to, to people who aren't Eminem fans at all. But if you're talking about like just like you're talking about the three singles that hit like the little Slim Shady, the way I am, and Stan, like people can you can get into those songs. Even the real Slim Shady, even how goofy it is in a way. But the but the lyrics are still clever. Like the, the lyrics are funny because he's commenting on that stupid the, the American morality. Like his whole his whole thing, this whole album is pretty much like mocking morals. But in the meantime, he's kind of like slipping himself in a little bit. Not as much as he will on the next album, but he still does enough to do it that way. But I would say I would argue this is equally creative and equally like accessible album. I think there's other ones that are more creative, but this one has that balance at this point. It's not for hardcore Eminem fans, but it's just enough skill level for hardcore hip hop fans to respect and appreciate at this point. So it kind of balances all the things. That's like a perfect storm in a way. It's almost it's almost weird how to explain it because it was weird because you had those rap rockers like Corn and Limp Biscuit and them all around there. And I think and I just remember it's a moment in time when on MTV where everything, whether it was hip hop, whether it was rock, whether it was like pop music, it's like everybody like navigated the same space. And he was commenting on all that stuff. So he came in at the that album came at the right time where everybody was pretty much listening to everything. And I think that helps. The timing of it helps, too. Because everybody was, like, cross-pollinating with each other. Like, you had Method Man on a Limp Biscuit track. You had people doing different things with different people. I think it came to the head with the, the MTV Music Awards where everybody, like, different types of music were all different, all over the place. It wasn't like now where, like, yeah, like electronic music and hip-hop dominates. But, like, different things are dominating at this point, like pop and stuff like that. So I think it was timing, too, along with the accessibility and the skill level. I mean, I'm simplifying it, but it seems like it could be that one. No, I think I think you're right to be honest, because even if you just think the real Slim Shady as a single, you know, I think that was the last song he basically recorded for the album, and like that really is kind of intro, you know, sixteen bars, uh, ver- a chorus, sixteen bars, chorus, sixteen bars, and out, uh, and and that's like it, it is really a single single, and it's that court jester thing, and it's very you know, shocking and funny and the video's brilliant and all that kind of stuff. Um, the Way I Am was completely different. You know, if you think of the rhyme scheme, 
I'll, I'll always remember basically I was a bit slow on that track because I never really liked it and also in the UK we didn't know how big Eminem had become in America so we were kind of like you, you know why is he complaining so much he's not that big you know because he, he wasn't at that point like in reality you know it, it, it was after this album that he became that big really um, and then but then Stan hit and then everyone lost their fucking minds. Like Elton John was like, oh my God, you know, Eminem is the greatest writer since Shakespeare, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, you still listen to Stan and like, you're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Stan is like a fucking 10 out of 10 just any day of the week. You cannot argue against that song. If you compare this album to the Marshall Mathers LP2, that one is a lot more indulgent. He's kind of, you know, there's no 16 bar. <laughs> Versus on that album. That's the, I, yeah. I remember him saying something. It always go back to this with, with the Tiffany Feet of Marshall Mathers LP one, LP two, LP one is him. His skill level still there, but he said he held. He's like he's like as far as how he went to rap, he kind of held back. And I feel like Marshall Mathers LP two. We'll, we'll get to that. I think I'm jumping a gun, but I'm I'm kind of setting it up where it's like I feel like as far as like his skill level when it comes to rapping. And what kind of like what kind of rapping that he wanted to do? I think the LP two was more addictive what he wanted to do on this one. But I think Dr. Dre, I think I think the difference between LP one and LP two is I think Eminem was allowed to do what he wanted to do on LP two in a sense. And then I think Dr. Dre kind of like rained those indulgent things. And even though, like you said, like once again, there are songs on here like like you said, it's a little bit like Eminem has a bad habit of having song albums that are like a little bit too long. But I think Dr. Dre kept him kept them contained just enough to make those out. Al- like, it goes back to my sensibility. Because I think Marshmallow's LP2 isn't really... A- the more I listen to the album, the more I hear other people talk about it, I think that one isn't accessible except for, like, the Die Hard of Eminem fan. And I think you even said that on one of your, on your um, review about it. I think you said one line in your review when you reviewed um, the Marshmallow LP2 for um, for rap reviews, you were saying at some point, he was like, this is for, like, the Die Hard, the Die Hard Eminem fans. And most people are going to be like, what the hell is he talking about? And move on from there. But I think going back to this one, is that even though his skill level is leagues beyond what it was on Slim City LP, I mean, EP, I mean, LP, I could get him mixed up, long player, extended player, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. But um, I just feel like this was the perfect mix of his skill level was at peak form, but at the same time, it wasn't so, like, like Homeric, like Marshmallow's LP 2 is, which we get to that later. I think it's still, it's that, that accessibility was still there, even though the skill level bounced it out, you know? It wasn't like, um, like how Fred Durst would rap, you know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> or Kid Rock would be rapping. It was like he's, it was accessible, but he still even even going back to the Marshall, going back to um the real Slim Shady, that's complex. That's complex rapping, even though you said like it's the traditional song structure. But those raps, like if you fuck like me, give a fuck like me, it's not quite. I'm messing it up, guys. I'm doing the rhythm to it. Not it's just like quite me, but he still has. He's still like like doing that rhythm, and he's still switching up his his flows within that limitations like even though he's trapped in a box he's still maintaining his artistic credibility as an mc even with that he didn't mail it in you know what i'm trying to say because any artist could any other person could have mailed that shit in but he didn't mail it in on that album and that's i think that's what helps this album more than anything is like it kind of balances out that that accessibility that drake keeps him in line with but he as an mc is not going to lower his standard to just sell a, a, a single so i think that helps too Okay, so pick one song from this album. Criminal for me. Well, if there's one song I know, <laughs> there's one song that's so inappropriate to laugh at, 
and it's, it's like it's like I just don't give a fuck to like the to like to like the to, to the ultimate version. It's like have you ever have you ever seen Dragon Ball Z? You know anything about Dragon Ball Z? I, I've heard about it. I know a little bit, but I haven't seen it. Okay, so uh, so so there's this thing where it's like they're they're Saiyans, right? And every time like like they have to power up and they level up, they charge themselves up, and there's like the different levels, like the Super Saiyan ten, Super Saiyan twenty. So <laughs> if just don't give a fuck on it, I don't give a Eminem, I don't give a fuck meter is like a Super Saiyan like like ten. Then criminal is like a Super Saiyan one one hundred. Just the stuff he's saying, and the way it opens up, he's like, "If you think I say the shit I say, and you think I believe in it," and he's like, "And he says I kill you too," and he goes off and saying that it's the craziest shit you ever say, uh, and it cracks me up. And it's like I, I like the, the fact that he revisits this like the skit in the middle of the song later on in March Madness LP two with the with the with the yeah. um with the with, with <laughs> when he's in the store and stealing the money and stuff like that. It's just, but the thing about that song is, there's no way. Every time I listen to it, I know I giggle at it. I know it's wrong to laugh at it. But if there's one song I know besides "Kill You," "Kill You" and "Criminal" would not even be able to come out at this point right now. There's no way that these these two songs would be able to come out there. And I think that's, and sometimes like it's like a gift and a curse. These two songs because a lot of people say they want this Eminem to come back, but I think they say. Maybe you could help me out with this one. I got this theory. They say they want the Eminem back. But because sensibilities are different, they wouldn't. They they would wind up saying like he's go. He's like he's just trying to be shocking, just to be shocking. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I mean it was a different era. It was a different era. You could get away with a lot more then. You know, like the internet was still in the in the early sort of fledglings, and now like I mean you just get completely assassinated within a day. You know, if you said like a completely wrong thing, the climate is completely different as well. But well, here's the funny thing about it, because he got ripped over the coals for this album. He did, like, like big time. Oh, but yeah. I, but that was when he's at his peak. But I guess even, even then, people were tolerating it because it was still that time. There were there were people that split against it, but people were still like tolerating it because it was that time. But I think at this this point in time, the people that the people who say they want the old M back, they say they want him back. But if he came out and did this shit again, then they would they would say because because there's another album later on that he tries to go back to that. And people really didn't want to hear this shit anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they say they want that old Eminem back, but they really don't want him back. They want that feeling of the 90s Eminem back. They want that feeling of where he was everywhere and he was attacking everybody. They want that that junkyard dog Eminem back. But I think that guy can't exist in this time. And I think he says it many times. Even 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 in recovery, which gets you later. He From recovery on, he realizes that they say they want that guy back, but they really don't want that guy back in a sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, my song from this is Drug Ballad featuring Dina Ray. So on Slim Shady LP, there's the song Come On Everybody featuring Dina Ray. And this is kind of like, it takes that, it takes the beat a little bit and it takes Dina Ray and her laughing and and it completely goes mental. And a Drug Ballad is, I, I think it's probably my favourite Eminem song ever. Um, I just have so many great memories associated with the song. I don't even do drugs; it's hilarious. So, but but I just I just think his flow on this is incredible. The beat is wonderful. I have personal great memories of this, and um, yeah, it's just this encapsulates everything about the album for me. Um, and and, and I don't know, it's that uh, give me that Eminem back. Like I wish he'd done a drug ballad too on Marshall Mathers LP two. That would have been the best thing ever. Um, especially because he had a huge drug problem afterwards. So, okay. Then basically, um, we'll say a couple of words on... All right, let me put it this way. Basically, I, I tweeted the other day 
about the two eras of Eminem. So you've got from 1999 to 2004. Now, let me just quickly run through this for a listener who might not realise how productive Eminem was in, in this era. So you've got Feb 99, Slim Shady LP. May 2000, Marshall Mathers. June 2001, Devil's Night, which is the D12 album, the first one. May 2002, Eminem Show. October 2002, you've got 8 Mile and the 8 Mile soundtrack. And then April 04, D12 World, which is their second album. And November 04, Encore. So basically, in what, five and a half years, just over five and a half years, you've got seven albums. Um, I mean, that's Beatles-level shit almost, basically. And if you're talking about Jay-Z, who is famed for, you know, he held us down six summers, damn, and then all that kind of stuff, and plus plus everything <laughs> there. I mean, this is this is even more than that, to be honest. <laughs> plus selling ridiculous numbers, incredible creativity, and... Uh, I don't know. I just, it never hit me how productive he was and how successful. Well, I mean, success is in a different way, but if you look at this era, it's incredible. So, which brings me to the D12 album. So basically, I kind of ignored this. And then I was tweeting about this. And a couple of the guys, so Grant Jones, who, uh, who writes for rap reviews as well, and, and Complejo, who does as well, they both tweeted, say, listen to Devil's Night. You know, that's peak Eminem. It's a good listen. It's solid, la, la, la. So I listened to that today just before this podcast actually and um i don't know i didn't think it was that great <laughs> like like that it's basically there's there's some decent songs it's okay and then you have a couple of big singles and then it's okay i don't know i mean what did you think of this i mean i could really, the only thing i ever took from that album was girls that was it for me and that was when he was going in on, on fred durst that's the only thing that i took from it when, when, when purple pills came out like no, like like I said, I respect D12 because that's the squad and stuff like that. But I never was on like the D12. Like I was never on really on a D12 bandwagon, and I know it's gonna be sacrilege, but I was never really on the G Unit bandwagon. It always seemed like for me, I like Eminem when he's by himself. To me, I like his solo albums more than when he's with a group or when he's promoting a group. I just feel like I, I, I when I pay for Eminem album, I want to hear more Eminem. Like I know people are like you gotta have features this and that. I was like nah, when I buy Eminem album, I just want to hear Eminem. I mean, if you have an occasional guy here and there, I mean, like, for example, like on um, almost the LFP when you have Remember Me, I think that's probably my favorite track that has a whole bunch of people on an album with Eminem. I think that's just, but that's just my opinion. I could, other people may have other opinions, stuff like that. But those are real rappers as well. I'm sorry. Those two, Remember Me had real rappers. I had like Sticky Fingers from Onyx and then RBX. Those guys, those guys are like 18 levels above any of the members of, of D12. Even Proof? Yeah, I'm sorry, but proof, rest in peace, proof. I'm gonna get pelters oh for this, but no, no, but but listen, you, listen, you want to do this? No, no, but you mentioned G Unit. G Unit's first album was okay. actually good. It was a good, solid album, and Lloyd Banks can okay. rap. And Toei Yayo, forget mm-hmm. about that guy. But Lloyd Banks can rap, right? And whereas on this, I don't know. There's so many of them, and Proof is the only one who can really actually spit. But there's a reason. If Proof was that good. He would have gone solo and he would have been big solo. Put it that way. And he wasn't. He wasn't that good. He was a perfectly good lyricist and stuff. And But he was the, he was the perfect foil to what Eminem needed behind the scenes. You know, that's what he was, which is fine. That was his role. You know, he wasn't, he was never going to be a huge solo star. He was never going to be. Um, so are you saying going back to Eight Mile in a way, it's kind of like going to feature, like he was the one who pushed Eminem. Yeah. Like he's the one that kept him on, on point. Got you. Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't care less about D12, to be honest. Like, I mean, not, I mean, not really. <laughs> oh, so, you, so you're, but, not, you're not down with... But Eminem... Eminem you're, not, you're not down with that my no, band no, song? Well, we were going to come to that, actually. I actually <laughs> don't fucking spoil it, man. Jesus. Okay, um, but, but listen, in the end, they're his boys. You know, he probably yeah. never would have made it in certain capacities had it not been for them. And... And, and you can you get that kind of story in in Eight Mile, which Mr. Porter, Mr. Ago. Porter, yeah. Um, and and this was a favor to them, you know. They're going to be rich for life, so he's taking care of them, you know, after two albums and stuff. So, and actually, I quite like Bizarre. I think Bizarre is quite funny, you know. He's definitely <clears throat> something different. Uh, but I don't know. I never listen. I never. I never need to listen to this album ever again. I'm sorry. I don't. Sorry, guys, <laughs> who tweeted me. Wow. But I don't. Uh, closed Jesus. tab. So after that, <laughs> you better lock that Twitter. You better lock that Twitter for you. I know. Uh, after that, we get to May, two thousand and two, and now this is an album which, again, I kind of underrated, if I'm perfectly honest. And listening to it this week, it made me realise like a, how stupid I was, to be honest, because this is a really good album. Um, it's not a Jessel album. It's not the kind of album that will become like my favourite. Eminem or even hip hop album, but it's really bloody good. It's the Eminem show, which was released May two thousand and two. Uh, so, what are your memories of this album? To me, I think this is like the end of the first era of Eminem's trilogy. This the just the end of the first trilogy in a sense. Because um, I, I I got a theory later on. It's like there's there's, there's two trilogies and there's two detours. One detour is I, I, well, we'll get to it. There's two detours and there's two trilogies. So I think this is the one at the end of the first trilogy, which is the Slim Shady LP, Marshmallow LP, Eminem show. And like I said, I remember this one because this is around the time where like America was like shifting. And I think this is the one where Eminem, this is the first time, and people think that this Trump thing is new. I mean, even, he kind of hinted at it a little bit in, in, in the Marshmallow LP where he kind of went on, on, um, on Clinton a little bit, talking about the morals thing. But like, this is the first time that he goes at a president, in a sense. I think this one is where, I think out of all the original three, I think this is the one where you know about him the most, out of all three of them. I think this is the one where, like, all that stuff comes to a head, like the stuff with his mother, the thing with his daughter. It's like that's, I think this is the one where it's the, the most personal at this point. Um, I think it's also the one that, if the Marshall Method LP is the one, like, 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 like where he was on fire, I think this is the one where if you want to if you if you want to show people why Eminem is taken seriously as a as a lyricist, not to say that the other two weren't great lyrically. I think this is the one that's kind of like more along the lines of like, and it's going to sound like hyperbole, but you could put him up there with with the, one of the with all with some of the greatest songwriters of all time when it comes to lyrics at this point. Because I think for me personally, like I said, the the the, the, the quality of songs like are different, but I think. As far as like content, I think this is probably more consistent content wise. Because I think even going back to Marshmallow LP, like some of the um, subject matter was kind of similar. And I think on this one, like he kind of dances with different types of like like subject matter and different kind of feels when it comes to this album. Um, so that's my initial impression on the uh, Marshmallow LP. I mean, uh, Eminem show, especially when it came around the time where 9 11 happened and everything. So that was another thing that went down. I guess for me, when I listened to it at the time, I, I, I'd become hung up like belatedly on Marshall Mathers LP. So I was kind of comparing it to that as everyone else did. Loads of other people did, I guess. And this is much more well-rounded. This is like a more well-rounded pop album in, in, in certain ways. 
yet you've got incredible lyricism. His flow is also dope on this. I think I think it's I don't know if his flow's better on this or Marshall Mathers LP, but it's different. It's a lot more elastic on this. And I think he's got more control of not just the mic, but the world on this album. I think that's the difference. Um, in terms of songs, like it's clear from, from the beginning, you know, you've got White America where he's addressing, He's I think he really takes the ball by the horns on this one, whereas I think Marshall Mathers is, is still more of a kind of, Con, not concept album ish, like like it's more slim shady is the concept. Whereas this is the Eminem show. This is Eminem coming out as opposed to just slim shady. I think that's the difference. Uh, I also think there's just huge singles on this. Um, everything just hit the right note pretty much, and and he does a lot of the pr- production himself on this as well, which is interesting. You know, th- Dre just gets like what three tracks on this, and I mean they're not even that great. The songs that Dre does, to be honest. So uh, wait a minute. Okay, go ahead. I mean, I mean, they're fine. They're fine, but okay. they're, they're not like you know. Compare them to the stuff that he was doing. Dre had a much bigger hand in the Marshall Mathers LP, um, whereas on this, I think he's he's just I don't know. He's not like huge on this. He's not a huge presence on this that that he was on on okay. the other ones, basically. Um, I mean, yeah, like so. So it kind of hit me late, really, and it, and it's interesting listening to it again this week that I did underrate it massively. Um, which one do you prefer out of this and Marshall Mathers? It's tough. It depends. It, be honest with you, it depends on my mood. If I'm if I'm like more laid back, introspective, then I'm going to go for this one. If I want to be like 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 my evil twin side and want to be like a like a vicious clown, then I listen to Marshall Mathers LP. If I just want to laugh at stuff that's inappropriate. Then I listen to Marshmallow's LP. If I want something more well-rounded and more with more with, with more like discipline and more content, then I would listen to Eminem's show. So that's what I would say. It depends on those two moods right there. Yeah, I mean, my default is the sort of Marshmallow's LP. I think it's just more my style, to be honest. But I, I think that there are also kind of songs on here that I don't take to as much, whereas I think Marshall Mathers is a bit tighter in that respect, um, or at least the first half is definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, but this is super. What what's your favorite song from here then? It's a tie between for me. It's a, it's a, it's a tie between um, uh, Superman and my dad's going crazy because my dad so crazy just cracks me up, and Superman is just like that. I I just remember like me and my boys when we get frustrated with chicks. Like that's the frustrated with chicks song right there. I just remember we were in the car. <laughs> like if you're ever frustrated and you're like frustrated after the game and you want to like like let off some steam and it's like he, he like it's like he just captures that that you're not gonna play me again kind of feel when it comes to Superman. It's like no girl, you don't know Marshall at all, so don't grow parcel. And <laughs> it's just like I would never smack it off a bar stool, but that's how I that's how you feel when you get frustrated. Like oh, oh no, I feel that frustration. So it's like that thing right there. Um. Um, like I said, those are my two. Those are my two, my my two favorites. Are they the best songs on there? I would say maybe if you put if you put a gun in my head, I would say maybe um, clean up my closet, White America, and say goodbye to Hollywood. Might might be the, the the best three for me on that album. Like as far as if I'm being disciplined, but I think my two personal favorites are Superman and my dad's gone crazy. My dad's gone crazy. Just crash me up when he goes. My mom says, "Ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it." God damn it, Cody, that motherfucker! If you got something to say, he's don't say nothing at all. Uh, and he goes back out. I'm tired. Like, oh, he's your mom. You saying all this shit? He's like, I'd rather, I'd rather make a gospel record. I was, 
just dying. And his, and, his, and his daughter's on the track, too, to say stuff. Like, Dad! This is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, he pushes some boundaries as far as getting <laughs> Haley on the track. Yes. I think I read that it was it this one or the or the original one where like he basically didn't tell Kim that he said like oh she's gone for a nap and he actually took her to the studio <laughs> just actually had a record of this shit that is pretty dangerous to be honest um yeah it's interesting you named the two songs that I don't like on this album <laughs> I don't like either of those songs but my favorite one to be perfectly honest is is without me I just think it's perfect it was the perfect first single the video was great his flow on it is actually ridiculously good. It, it's it's so good. It's so catchy. Anyone can get it, but it's still complex. And I, I love it. And I also used to DJ it as well. I think this is one of the most DJable Eminem tracks because you don't have many, to be honest. Um, but but this is definitely one. And it's still I still think this is um, I still think to this day without me would still drop in most clubs. And and that's good for me for, on a purely selfish note. Okay, then in the timeline we get to. Eight Mile. So now we did a, an entire podcast about Eight Mile, and and we literally just had the fifteenth anniversary of it last week. Uh, Fifteen years since Eight Mile, Christ. And I think we covered some of the soundtracks in that. So basically, you have the original, the proper soundtrack, and obviously you have Lose Yourself, that huge song, and uh, then there was another one which is like more music from Eight Mile or whatever, which had songs with used within the film itself. Um, I mean, we don't really have to talk about that because we, we did a whole podcast on it anyway. But it's definitely worth listening to that podcast um, because it, it's pretty fascinating. And, and actually, it was pretty dope, the albums from that. And they sold hugely. I think I think that was like one of the biggest selling albums that year. And it was, only had like eight weeks of sales or something. It was ridiculous, basically. Um, so there's, there's no need to sort of dive into that. After that, you have bit of a break so which is understandable because 2002 was such a huge year for Eminem so basically you go to April 2004 which is D12 World I have nothing to say about that album I mean like oh no no, no, hang on sorry sorry I do you're absolutely right (laughs) I literally have one thing to say about that album (laughs) which is my band can I say something first oh Oh, go 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 sorry sorry no go on no, go ahead. You're talking about the greatest song in Eminem discography? I fucking, lo- I fucking love this song. I love my band. I love my band. <laughs> you do? I love it. Are you, are you, what? I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not being ironic. No, I love it. It, it genuinely makes oh me God. laugh. It makes me smile. This podcast video is over. hilarious. We're done with this podcast. <laughs> this podcast is cancelled. Because <laughs> you know why? Because all I see in that fucking, fucking matador suit. In that fucking video, it makes me angry. Oh my god! Oh, it was ridiculous. Go ahead, I'm sorry. But I still, I don't know. I just think, I just think it's funny. Okay. I don't know. I just, I just, you know. And trust me, I am not a member of the D12 fan club, as <laughs> listeners might be able to tell. Um, but I don't know. I, I really liked my band. I do. I do realize no one else probably liked it on Earth, but I, I loved it. I thought it was funny. Um, the rest of the album couldn't give a shit about. Okay, I'm sorry. You might have some great song from it. Go. No, I I don't listen to Detroit, so. and it, and and, it, and that's 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 the exhibit A right there. <laughs> so, there okay, so I I really want, I really want to throw this microphone out the window right now. I'm getting so okay, agitated. Okay, 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 okay. All right, so so then then for the, for the sake of brevity yeah, and this podcast, let's move on. Let's move on. 
I just remember sitting there watching TV, right? And I'm just coming off of all this stuff. Okay, Eminem. I'm looking at this video. Like, I get, I, listen, I get what the song is about. I get it, and I get that part. And I, and I get, like, he's the guy, and they're ignoring the other guys. I get that part right there. It's just that. You know, I feel like, I feel like I need to go to, like, kindergarten and, like, and, like, like drink a cup of juice and take a nap. That's what I feel like. I feel like I'm a kindergarten listening to, like, like some kind of, like, a, um, like, merry-go-round music. And this is some guy rapping over it. I'm like, oh my god. But anyway, we can move on. I'm good. So, uh, November 2004, <laughs> we get to uh, what what could be described as the beginning of the end of uh, Eminem of that period, for sure. So, it's the last album in that sort of 1990 to 2004 period, which is Encore. Um, I, I never had much affection for this album and listening back to it this week i just see it as a massive lost opportunity to be honest um there's some really interesting stuff on here that could have been great if eminem was with the fucking picture like he was gone at this point and you could easily see it you know you could tell a mile off you didn't even know have to know what was going on behind closed doors you could just see he was out staying as welcome at this point um and then you know if we if we jump forward to recovery he says uh you know disregard my last two albums encore i was on drugs relapse i was flushing them out so you know he has the wherewithal obviously to say look i was off my tits fucking <laughs> on drugs basically so and, and and it comes across uh, that's not to say there aren't some good songs on here or there are some really potentially great moments and stuff but it's just not executed well saying that it's eminem and it's sold fucking millions so you know well done everyone so what are your memories of this album um, I just remember, um, it's, it's, it's weird way. My mom's not a fan of Eminem, but for some weird reasons, she saw 8 Mile, she loved 8 Mile. But it was funny, but she loved Just Lose It. Out of all the songs he came out with, my mom liked Just Lose It. And for, for life of me, I couldn't, I couldn't understand why. So I didn't get that one. So I remember that, I remember that big part of it. I have a weird, I have a weird effect. Affinity for this album, like I know it's not good. I know it's I know it's not the greatest Eminem album, and I know like there's maybe like like four or five songs that are actually good, and the rest of them are questionable. But I have I have I have weird I have weird fun with that. You know I feel like like there's a part of me I'll say this I feel like this is Eminem like he doesn't care anymore. He's just trolling the listener, and I know that's disrespectful to somebody who's spending fifteen dollars to buy an album, or I think back then maybe it was like eighteen dollars. It's kind of disrespectful to you as an artist. To fuck around with somebody's money and make an album and do shit that's obviously trolling. Like for example, on uh on Big Weenie, where he says <laughs> he's supposedly talking about how uh fucking um what's his name? Benzino looks. And then he says, You look like how I sound like talking about weenies. Like even he knows. <laughs> so in a trolling, like I have a dark there's a dark side to me, like there's this thing I used to do in college where like if I knew a movie was terrible. I would get people hyped up to watch it and come over to my house to watch it, and then I was I was I would I would get off on wasting their time. I don't know why I, I don't know why I was that evil, but I feel like part of this thing like is like I felt like he was in the studio, he was just fucking around and saying, you know what, I was gonna throw some random bullshit on this album and see how people react to it. And I know as a, as a true artist, I know you should not do that to your fans. You should never ever do that to your fans. But in a weird way, I and and that that dark side of me, I kind of enjoyed that he did that bullshit. And, and, and in that sense, I enjoyed the album. But if you're talking, if you're taking taking that that weird side of me out of there, 
then there's no question this is worst album easily, easily far and away worst album. Um, I mean, for me, there's three songs on there. I, I actually liked Mosh when it came out, and I think the video was really interesting. Um, like mm-hmm. Toy Soldiers, I didn't particularly like it at the time, but actually, it, it really grew on me. And his flow on it is nice, and it, and he's honest, and and you know, I think he's quite. In, he he, ta- he takes an interesting slant and executes it pretty well. Plus, the sample's catchy. Um, the the one song I love on it, and literally after I listened to the album, or rather, got through the album. I spent the entire evening listening to one song on repeat, uh, which is Ass Like That, uh, which I oh fucking God. love that song. I love that song so much. I, I And I'm not, again, this isn't like me being ironic thing. I just love that song. Like, and, and, and you know, no disrespect or anything, like just lose it. Really, I, I never liked that song. Like, I was always like, this is such a mistake. If he just rely, uh, released Ass Like That instead then it would have been kind of like the video was funny and it, it's such a catchy song. The beat's amazing. The the chorus is hilarious. And, and it's it, funny. It, it, it's funny as fuck. Whereas Just Lose It wasn't funny. Like for me, like... No. But but actually, like I, I had a friend who loved Just Lose It and, and it's interesting because I'm no longer friends with that person, but, which is kind of like, you know, let, let, let's like call it... it it's, such a pale imitation of Real Slim Shady and My Name Is. You know, it's just completely that kind of song, Just Lose It. Whereas Ask Like That is just funny. Ask Like That, I just think it's hilarious. From beginning to end, from beginning to end, Ask Like That's funny. The only part of Just Lose It I find that's funny is when he's mocking B-Rabbit. That's the only part I yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. I'm a grown man. Supper, 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 supper. Look at the song, Get Down. I like that. I like that part of it. But Ask Like That from me. And it's like just so many lines. I went to a karaoke bar. I wanted to sing this song. The guy was like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Yo, man, when he said, Look, I make Jesus juice, take a seat with these. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is like, Hillary Duff is not quite old enough, so I never seen a butt like okay. that. Maybe next to I say ass, and my baby, I just die. It's so juvenile. I just I love it. I, just I love it. And people. again, he couldn't release that now. Like, there's no chance. I mean, Jesus Christ, the Hillary Duff lines, the the um the the Olsen twin lines and stuff. I mean, geez. even the video. You know, he's like, oh my god, he's like wanking in a cinema and gets caught by this. Yeah. <laughs> I should laugh at that song all the yeah. time. You know, I can laugh. I, I, I can put that song on right now. Still laugh. Oh god. <laughs> and I, I watched the video the other night. It's just superb. It's brilliant. Like that—that that is the one thing from this album that I loved. I genuinely loved. So, and the clever thing about that song is he's mocking the fact that I'm saying the shave shit cop triumph says, but you only get, you don't get on his ass because he's a damn puppet. That's the thing. That's the whole point of the song. It's like you, I'm saying the same shit he says, but you, he gets away with it because he had a fucking puppet in his hand, and that's why he's just doing that shit. I think the other reason was I, I have his, I have his um his uh, biography, and he was talking about how he felt bad because he was like. He's like when he get at the music awards, when Tribe was trying to mess around with him, he took it too seriously. He was like, "Why was I taking that shit too seriously?" So he kind of, he kind of like, like uh, brought the guy into the video to kind of like mock him in a sense. They're like, "Why am I taking this shit so seriously?" Like he said, if he had one regret about his uh, his early days, like I took myself too seriously sometimes, too much sometimes. Well, that's not evident in this video. <laughs> Put it that way, <laughs> definitely not. Um, it's also interesting that he put on the accents and stuff like that, uh, because then that, if you jump forward to, so that's the end of that era and, mm-hmm. um, jump forward to the next era, 
which kicks off in May 2009. I mean, there, there is some stuff in between. Like, there's like, what was it? The was re-up. It? Yeah, re-up. I mean, we don't really need to talk about that. Um, that that was a dead period for Eminem. Like, we, we kind of... The G-Unit era? The G-Unit era? I, I mean, it's more really proof and, and addiction to drugs. To be, it, okay. Like, if you're just talking about Eminem's personal kind of hell. Um, yeah. You know, he he went completely off the map. He did, you know. He popped up every now and then and stuff, but that was it. So, um, uh, but but then it kind of makes sense if you if you look at it, saying how productive he was from ninety nine to oh four, then he was going to burn out at some point. He burnt out clearly before Encore, didn't he? I mean, Jesus, um, it, it, it's clear on that album, and he needed a break. You know, even Jay like took that. You know, Jay was like, "Oh, I'm retiring. I'm retiring." We were like, "We know you're not retiring, but whatever." He took a three year break. He it probably did some good in, in a way. Um, so, um, okay, so we get to May 2009, and he comes back uh, with Relapse. So, what did you make of Relapse? Uh, relapse, like for me, a Relapse is is Eminem going on a full concept album, but it's like the, it's like the concept album from hell, because it's so... <laughs> this is going to be a rough discussion, because I... Cause I, I I okay. I personally enjoy Relapse personally, and once one song helps me get one song in that album helps me understand the rest of Relapse because Relapse is basically a slasher flick, and then there's one song in particular that's kind of like the uh, the um, the Rosetta Stone to understanding the rest of it because there is a logic to that album, but I think this is the point where the people who said they wanted that that old Slim Shady back. This is Slim Shady because. This is slim. This is not the playful slim shady of of the Marshall Mathers LP and the Slim Shady LP. This is like the Marshall. This is the Slim Shady that's fucked up on drugs, and because he's fucked up on drugs, this is like the most twisted, depraved, like dark. I don't think I've ever heard Eminem this dark. Even on his other album, you know he says crazy shit, but this is like dark. This is like just this is like tests your patience for the Slim Shady character, pretty much. And it's totally understandable how people will stay away from this album. I understand that hundred percent. I understand it. But I also say like the three AM album, the three AM video kind of sets you up for it in a sense. In a sense, it's like you kind of got like the thing where Slim Shady's a, he's a serial killer, and throughout the whole album, there's all these drug references, all these drug references, and then every once in a, every once in a while, in each song you'll see Marshall Mathers peek out, and, and then Slim Shady push him right back down into it, and it's kind of like you have the, the backstory of how Slim Shady got born with the my mom thing and stuff like that. But I think the song Deja Vu is kind of like the the Rosetta Stone. But I totally understand people hating this album. I totally understand it. And I won't defend that part right there. Because either you're on board with what he's going for, that 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 um NC17 slasher flick that he's going for, or you're totally gonna like push it away and be like, whatever. But I won't even argue that if somebody doesn't enjoy this album at all. You have to buy into this album, put it that way, to enjoy yes. it at all. And and you have to probably be an Eminem fan, uh, fan to and yes. buy into it. So I remember I actually reviewed it and I gave it quite a high mark because the first time I heard it, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? But then because whenever I listen, whenever I review an album, I take it really seriously. I listen to the album at least really like 15 to 20 times. And this LP, when you kind of, once you attune to it, once you attune to what he's doing and the concept and his flow, then it really starts to make sense basically. Um, But, 
if you just listen to this one, two, maybe three times, you're not going to give a shit about it and you'd never listen to it again. Put it that way. And and I completely understand that. And anyone that did, you, you're well within your rights. You know, you might be thinking, yeah, yeah, this is some bullshit, basically. Um, but if you actually push through that and you're a fan of Eminem and you don't mind the freaking dark lyrics, then then uh then it's definitely i think there's a lot to be enjoyed in this album but i i'm not going to be one of these hipsters and oh this is my favorite album or oh it's actually secretly a really good album you just don't understand it and shit like that i'm not going to say shit like that you know i'll leave that to taylor swift fans you know um (laughs) it's not for everybody this is not an album for everybody this is this isn't an album for not many people not even not for everyone this is not i mean we made you was trash and and like he instantly regretted it. I'm sure, like it, it just nothing mm. made sense about it. The video is shit. Um, I actually thought it was it quite. Out. It, it was actually quite a catchy song in terms of like the chorus and the beat, but it was just bullshit. But, but let me ask you a question: Is it? It doesn't even fit in the, the rest of the, the album. The way that the way the sound is in the album, it sounds so like so left field out of what the rest of the album sounds like. It's like that that carnival circus kind of thing. Yeah, but you can say that about Cracker Bottle as well, couldn't you? You yeah, you could say something about that one too. Yeah, you could kind of say that one too. But it does. But I will say this: it does fit towards the end because he's coming out of the um, he's coming out of the stupor at the end of it. Cracker Bottle's kind of like he's kind of realigning himself with like Dre and him again. Yeah. Whereas for the beginning of the album, like he's not with anybody. Like this is him. He's like like I mean, you could we could we could almost do a podcast breaking down relapse. Be honest with you, but there's no time for it in this this podcast right here. You can literally like if you take it seriously as a concept album and actually look at the lyrics and where the song placements are, you can actually break it down if anybody would care about a damn yeah relapse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you absolutely could, you know. Um, but no one would listen to that. <laughs> like literally three, <laughs> no, they would not. three, three no, people, they would not. three people. Yeah, I would be two of them. <laughs> And the other person would be Eminem. <laughs> that's literally it. No one would listen to that. Let me make an argument. There's one song that's that's one or two songs that I would say the one song that's salvageable to take out the whole serial killer thing is is I, and I think that's one of my personal favorite Eminem songs, the Deja Vu song. If you took that song out and gave it to somebody and like just said that's kind of like that's kind of like the thesis statement of the whole entire Relapse album, and that's the one where it's like there's none of that the dark shit in there. And you, you kind of get the point across, like, what he's been going through those last couple of years since Encore. And you kind of go through, like, day by day, and, like, him hiding his drugs in the porno stash, and his mom, and his daughter's coming in and seeing him do stuff, and he's in the back of a car eating, like, like all this food and getting fat. Because I remember seeing him on Jimmy Kimmel. He got fat. He got really big. And then basically it's, like, him like him talking about, like, proof, and, and Slim Shady telling him to go back to the drugs. Because that's the whole entire concept. Slim Shady is his, 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 the, the monkey, the dragon. His drug addiction. And that's kind of like, this is the one where kind of like, he kind of gives a biography of like, whereas the rest of the album was metaphor and like symbolism. This is the one where he clearly states out what happened to him those last four years. And I think if there's one song I would pull out of it and tell people to ignore the rest of the album, I would say it would be that one. If you want to get the, the, the thesis statement of relapse, I would say that would be the one. Yeah, I mean, I actually think there are there are a few songs that are, that are perfectly mm-hmm. decent on this. You know, I think 3AM, uh, I quite like mm-hmm. Medicine Ball, uh, hmm. Stay Wide Awake is a good one, actually. Um, Wait a minute, man. That's your question. Would you let people listen to Stay Wide Awake? Would you Would you pop that in your car? My friend... No, no, no. Here. I mean, for My me friend. personally. For me personally. 
Oh, okay, got you. No, I was talking. Yeah, I was talking about just for other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. I know you I were like, saying like what you'd give to other people. For me personally, like three oh, a.m. Yeah, of course. Uh, medicine ball, stay wide awake. Like there are a handful of songs on it. This is better than encore yeah. for me because at least yeah. like he's trying on this, you know. And like he says, like I referenced before, you know, on encore he was on drugs. On this he was flushing them out. Blah blah blah. I think this was a necessary step, basically. <clears throat> you know, he had he had to he had to get this out he had to do it however it was um because otherwise like he really might have just never come back basically and and, and I, i'm just glad he came back so if this is what we got and then, and then don't forget this actually like there's there's like a deluxe version there was the refill thing as well where there's like seven songs in that refill uh, one of them was forever with drake kanye and Lil wayne which was obviously a huge song um so, so it was kind of a strange one. I mean, this still sold really healthily because it's Eminem and because there were a couple of big singles. Um, but it's a funny one. Like, it's one of these ones which, which you know, I never actively go and listen back to it. But when I do listen back to it, I, I have a bit of affection for it kind of thing. Um, yeah. But I realised, like, we're in the minority there. And that's fine. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. time, yeah. Okay. Um, after that, you go to just over a year later... June 2010, which is Recovery. Um, I love this album, to be honest. This is one of my favourite Eminem albums. Now, notice I say favourite, not best. I don't think this is one of his best albums at all, but I there are so many songs on here that I just love. Um, mm. And it, it really... It's funny, when I was listening to it this week, once Marshall Mathers LP2 came out and his flow was so ridiculously good on that, on, on so many songs... <laughs> And then listen to recovery afterwards, and you're kind of like, uh, his flow is still kind of like he was still feeling his way back actually on a lot of the songs here. Um, yes, but then on, on certain other songs, you're like, it's pretty dope, you know. So um, I don't know. What do you think of recovery? I think this is like I like this album. It's not my favorite, but I think this is like the this is like the song. This is like I'll, if there's if there's a way to say Eminem, Eminem album is fun. This is probably like the most fun Eminem album to listen to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not as, as com- it's not as complex as Marshall Mathers LP two, and it's not as dark as Relapse. But it's like in the middle. Like I don't like I, I agree with you. His flow isn't the greatest here, but I will say like it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable to listen to. It's enjoyable to listen to. Like when you, when Cold Wind Blow comes in, it's fun. Let's do it. Like he's he's still sinister in Cold Wind Blows, but it's fun. As compared to relapse, where like he's sinister, but he's like dark and depraved. Where the cold wind blows, like okay, I'm I'm going to have fun again because this this originally was supposed to be relapse too, but then the backlash gets relapse and he's like I have to rethink this. So he kind of like he went the other route instead of going too dark, he went lighter. I think he was like I I feel like on this album he felt like and, and isn't and I don't think he sold out. People said he sold out with his album. I don't think he sold out. I think that he just wanted his goal was just to be back in the spotlight again. I think he missed being in the spotlight. And I don't think it's like a desperate need to be in the spotlight. I think he just wanted to be, he wanted to put songs out there that people really enjoy. So I feel like he made this album for people to enjoy. And, and, and still at the same time, still maintain his artistic integrity for the most part. But I think he went into this album not being like lyrically complicated as Relapse or uh, Marshmallow LP 2 I just felt like this one was just, he made his album for people to enjoy while at the same time kind of still worked through his his demons, but not in the same way as it was with um, with um, relapse. Because you have songs like "Talking to Myself," you had uh, "Going Through Changes," "Not Afraid," uh, "Cinderella Man," 
25 to life, almost famous, and you're never over. Like, those things are still working through those issues he had in relapse, but they weren't as, like, like serial killer kind of deal. That's stuff like that. And not afraid. I'm so shocked how big that song became when that first came out. Like, that was, like, a, like I think that's the most, next to Lose Yourself, that's probably, like, the, the most inspirational, like, next to Lose Yourself, it's probably, like, the second most inspirational Eminem song ever made, I think. Would you agree with that? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But it's not, I don't think it's as good as Lose Yourself, but I think it's just that that, that sentiment and, like, it's sincere. Like, it, it never felt like, when not afraid. If you listen to the lyrics, I, I think if anybody else made it, like, okay. But the way he's saying it, you feel like he's really sincere about saying that shit. Yeah. I mean, the way I put it with this album is, say, for example, if me and my wife were going on a car journey for, like, an hour and a half, and you put a gun to our heads saying you have to listen to one Eminem album, Right, there's just no way of getting out of it. You have to listen to it. This would be easily the one that I'd pick because it's the most palatable album for just a normal person who who doesn't care about Eminem. Basically, um, there's it, it, a really nice balance to it. There are so many things I love about this. One of the things I love mm-hmm. is that the production is super varied. You have Just Blaze, DJ Khalil, Mr. Porter, Emil, Boy Wonder, Jim Johnson, and then okay, Dr. Dre gets one track, and then you get Alex the Kid who. Uh, is friends with me on Facebook, haha, <laughs> and and then and havoc as well at the end and stuff. It's so nice and diverse, it, and and I think this is one of the things that Eminem needed more than anything, and and it's one of the reasons I love this album. Also, he he collaborates with people like Lil Lil Wayne on No Love. Uh, I mean, that's the only mm-hmm. kind of guest rap spot, but that's fine, whatever. But. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know this was such a breath of fresh air in so many ways and what you were saying before about him needing to come back I think it was a course correction because he realized like he'd been out of the spotlight for a long time he came back with relapse and relapse you know the relapse wasn't trash but it wasn't it wasn't like the reintroduction that he kind of maybe thought it would be in his head um and, and then the backlash against it was necessary and that made him step his game up which is what he needed you know uh I, I think there are some great songs on here the other thing i'd say is because you you kind of get this nice varied group of producers and you get a lot of really good choruses as well if you just gave this to someone without eminem on it so just the beats and the choruses this would be catchy as fuck are you kidding me i mean like there are so many great beats and choruses on here so many um I mean, they smash it. It's it's a it was a really modern album because Eminem yes. was very much insular and existed within Eminem's own universe and Dr. Dre's universe. And there was and also I have to sorry I keep forgetting to mention the Bass Brothers as well because the Bass Brothers, along with Eminem and Dre, produced so much of all of his entire catalog. They're really crucial. Um, but this is the first album where they're not. You know, they're they're not. Dre gets one track, which is so bad, which isn't even a particularly good song, to be honest. And, and like, you could easily have dropped that. And yet, it's a super successful album. It reintroduced him to an entirely new generation because he left in 2004. Relapse didn't really hit. So you're talking about six years, which is really a generation of kids. Um, and, and then, ironically, we're now facing exactly the same situation because Marshall Mathers' LP didn't really kind of hit, you know, apart from The Monster, which was a big single. Um, so so basically, you're talking about seven years since this album. So that's why I think there is going to be a lot of commercial appeal on Revival. Um, I mean, let's well, see. I sense that. 
you know, I, I think it's again going to be another kind of reintroduction to a new generation for him. Um, but I mean, getting back to re- to recovery, uh, I mean, what are your favorite songs from this? Um, the one I was shocked that wasn't bigger was because I think probably because it came at the tail end after "Love the Way You Lie." Like my my favorite one is "Spacebound." I love that song. Um, "Love the Way You Lie" is "Love the Way You Lie." I knew. I let me tell you something. When I when I first got this album and I heard "Love the Way You Lie," I already knew. I was like, this one's gonna be the big one. I already knew. I was like, since I heard that song, I was like, this is gonna be the big one. Like soon as it's gonna hit all the quadrants. Soon as soon as the girls hear this, it's over. It's done. And then when it came out, I knew it was gonna be. So for me, my favorite were um, "Spacebound," "Cold Wind Blows." Um, I have an affinity for "So Bad." I, I gotta be in the mood to hear it. But um, and uh, "Seduction." I like those three. That's my favorite. Um, okay, sorry, I was actually getting like sidetracked by "Love the Way You Lie," then I started singing it in my head. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah, for me, oh, there's a lot to be honest. I actually love talking to myself. Uh, Go okay. I'll I'll get I'll sort of go in reverse order. Um, Not afraid was pretty good. Spacebound was good. Twenty five to life was interesting. Uh, Almost famous was quite an interesting one as well. I think that was quite. Oh um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love love the way you lie. I fucking love that song. And and every girl I know loved that song. And a lot of guys I knew did. And Megan Fox was in the mm-hmm. video. And it's just it was one of those perfect moments. Everything came together. And you're right. Let me ask you a question. Did you God. know? Let me ask you a question. When you first heard the album, did you know that one was going to be the big one? Yeah, for sure. Like, hugely. <laughs> hugely. It's funny because, like you said, yeah, I was quite surprised about how big Not Afraid was. Because it, it, it's a perfectly good song. It's not amazing. Um, but I, I just think he said a couple of things in it that kind of helped prompt listeners maybe um, and, and like kind of pulled them in. You know, even the intro and then later on and stuff. I don't know. Um no love, I I thought it was going to be a big one actually as well. Uh, I love the video to that. I know it's super cheesy, but I love the video. And um, the, but but my favourite song from this by an absolute mile, which speaks volumes of how good the song is as opposed to the rest of it, uh, is track number six, "Going Through Changes." That is my song. Like I can listen to that song on repeat for a day, like literally for an entire day, nothing else. I just love that song so much. It's the one where he really opens up about so many things about. Yeah, you know, like in relapse, he's talking in code about certain things, isn't he? And and it's kind of overbearing, like the serial killer and drug stuff. And you only really get snippets of what's truly happened. Um, whereas going through changes, he's explicit about it. He's like, "Look, this is what happened. This is how I was feeling. This is how close I came to just chucking it all in." And and the beat is incredible. The chorus, the sample is just genius, and his flow on it is brilliant. It's so heartfelt. I just, it's just. Like I think, like drug ballad and going through changes are probably my two favorite Eminem songs. Um, I just, I just love those two so much. Uh, I don't know. I, I really love this album. There's just so like, like I said, it's not the best. It's like I think it's like I think I reviewed it and gave it like a seven or a seven and a half or something like that. Sounds Um, about right. Yeah, yeah, for me that sounds about right. I still think to this day, Um, it's a fun album. It's like a fun album. If you, if you, because I know there's some some hip hop heads like they didn't like the beats because they're too poppy and stuff like that. I'm like. This is a. I mean, you got to take yourself out the equation. Like, it's just a fun. I like. I. I can't understand. Like, I understand if people don't like that or whatever like that. But if if you go along with what the with what the energy of the album is, it's like it's fun. Like, you just pop it in your you pop it in your car and then you just let it go. 
He's just, just let it go. Like to me, I don't think there's I don't think there's a terrible song on here. Like there's some songs that's stronger than other ones. I don't think there's like I said, I don't think they're the best set of Eminem songs. But I think as the out al- as an album and as a mood and as what he was going for to get back into the mainstream, like I just think like it's just a fun album. It's like White Trash Party doesn't mean it's not about anything. It's just fun to listen to. Like Won't Back Down is not really about anything. It's just fun to listen to. On Fire, uh, stuff like that. Um, pretty much like you said, almost famous, so bad, twenty five to life. It's like even you're never over with the Thou shall not fall. Mm. And then at the end with unt- untitled, he kind of throws that 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 spitting kind of thing right there. How about do you remember the despicable the despicable track that came up for it when he was doing the, the beats to um to that that one um the Drake song and he didn't he 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 flipped the beat he he was rapping over the Drake's one of the Drake songs I forgot what the, 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 the song was and then he he rapped over Ben's be- Beamers and Bentleys from um Lloyd Banks. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, it rings a bell. I mean, it's a long time ago, it was seven years ago. It, it was just it, it, it was like it was like the track he released yeah. just before he yeah. dropped um, yeah. "Recovery." Yeah. No, nah, but it's a fun album. Like I said, is 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 like his technically his best? Is it like his technical best? No, but it's like fun and it's like it's a solid, strong album. It's just fun to listen to. And like I said, I feel in my gut that um, after we go talk about the next album, I feel like after the, after the next album we talk about, I think that this next one revival is going to be, I think, like I said, it's two trilogies. I think there's, there's the Slim Shady LP, um, Eminem, Marshall Mathers LP, and Eminem sure that's the trilogy. And I think it's going to be relapse recovery revival. That's another one. And I think there's two detours, which are, which are, um, um, encore. And then the next one that we're about to talk about. Okay. So what is the next one we're about to talk about? It is Marshall Mathers LP two which was released on November the 5th, 2013. And that's four years ago now. It's worth noting, mm-hmm. we've only had two albums from him this decade, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll get into the other stuff as well, but just briefly before I forget. So basically you had, from Eminem 2009 to 2017, May 2009, you had Relapse. June 2010, Recovery. Now, June... 2011 you had hell the sequel which was bad meets evil um just before we get to mmlp2 which we did dedicated an entire podcast to um what did you think of bad meets evil i enjoyed bad Bad meets evil almost wish i get mad sometimes because i just wish they were released uh like five songs every couple of years or every every year or so something like that just get back in the studio and just do more of that stuff get alchemist Get stuff like that. Like, is it is it an uneven album? Yes, but the, the songs that are strong, they're strong, and the way they rap each other. The reunion, I love the reunion. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so funny. It's so funny. I'm on everything. Welcome to hell. When he's talking to when he starts talking about <laughs> Bruce Willis and the David Carradine line. Oh my god! Oh man. yeah. <laughs> and then I a kiss. They're talking about the blowjobs for like four minutes straight. It just cracks me up. Like the way they're flowing and rapping. And then of course you got they trying to go for that 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 stadium status song with um with uh with lighters yeah this was for you and me ah. <laughs> this is a lovely rendition a <laughs> <laughs> Bruno Fars man yeah. um yeah. I enjoyed it I like, uh, yeah I th- I think it was enjoyable I think it was kind of like okay I was being disparaging about D twelve before. I think rightly so, because I just don't think they were very good. But he was clearly throwing those guys a bone and just, you know, making sure they were kind of taken care of for life. I think, I feel like this is, he did the same kind of thing 
with Royce on this because Roy, uh, don't get me wrong, Royce is a, an artist who's released countless albums and he's, you know, pretty successful in certain ways, but he's, he's never really kind of like hit the, the, the heights kind of thing. And in terms of, he's never had one song that would make him rich for life kind of thing, I guess. And I guess Lighters was that song. And, and this album was just them having a lot of fun getting back together again and just spitting and, it, it wasn't too long as well. That was a great thing, you know. I think, like, the Slaughterhouse albums, I don't think Slaughterhouse are, are as good as, as they should have been. Like, I just don't think they, they cut it, even though they're such talented MCs. Whereas I think yes. this, this worked really well because there is a chemistry between M and Royce. They go back together a long way. And and, and also, you like... You can hear fun. You can hear fun. You can hear fun. You can hear fun about the whole entire thing. It, it, it doesn't sound forced at any point, basically. I mean, it, I mean, apart from maybe Lighters, which is clearly forced, but <laughs> but which is still fun. You know, I think it's still a decent song. You know, they used to play it on the radio. My wife used to sing along to it and stuff. You know, And the rapping you, is strong. If you told yeah. me a year earlier that my wife would be singing along to a track with Royster 5-9 on it, then I would have been like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? You know, so, like, like it, you know, job done, basically. Um I think it was good. And I also think it was like a, a reboot. I've made this point countless times before on various platforms. and uh, But I, I feel like when he came back, he really kind of specifically rebooted certain things to get him back in the zone. You had like the kind of... Relapse is almost like the Slim Shady EP um, in, in certain ways. Like it's really kind of over-the-top violence and him finding himself back, you know, getting back into it and stuff. Then you have... Um, him hooking up with Royce. Then you have like another Martian Mathers LP, you know, which we, which we're about to get to. I think there are certain things that he's done to get him back in the zone, um, which is kind of a shame because it's been such a long time between albums for him. Um, all right. So basically, what did I say? Relapse, Recovery, Hell the Sequel, which was June 2011. And then you get to November, uh, Marshall Ma- November 13, which is Marshall Mathers LP2. Um, all right. Now, like I mentioned, we have done an entire podcast on this, so we don't really need to cover it in detail. Just go listen to it. It's a really fun listen, actually. Uh, I know we're probably the only people in the world who've actually done a podcast on that album. I don't think anyone else has, but it, it's really good. So, 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 what are your kind of like uh, recap thoughts on, on that album, or ha- have your thoughts I changed mean, changed on it at all? No, I mean, like that's still my my personal. Like, I, I know that if if I'll say this about it. Like if, if I'm trying to recommend other people Eminem albums, I would go for either the Marshall Mathers up here or Eminem show. But for me, this is my personal favorite because this is the way I always wanted them to rap. And this is the one, I think this is the album I listen to the most because I just feel like I always had this theory and, and rap guy kind of like the way he was talking to rap guy kind of proved it. I felt like when, um, when that control verse came out and, 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 um, and Kendrick calling everybody out, I felt like this is the album where this is this is where I say this is a detour because I think that when revival comes out, this revival's gonna pick up where recovery left off. Yeah. And I feel like that that Marshmallow LP two, this is the album where if he was a if he was to die tomorrow and 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 Eminem fans were gonna like try to make the argument of why he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Like this one is not the way the songs are constructed and the way that he's rapping and how long they are. The songs are like four minutes, but they're filled with rhymes and just him just rapping and stuff like that. I just feel like this is him demonstrating how technical he is as a rapper. As compared to after after he did Marshmallow's LP, he kind of went too far with it. You know what I'm trying to say? Like I feel like Marshmallow's LP was just the right amount of technical skill, and then I felt like after that he kind of went off the deep end for a little bit. Like he had a couple of songs that were okay, 
but I felt like he did too much of that shit, and he kind of like went too far with it. But I just feel like this is the one where it's like he reexamined his career, and he kind of called things out. He kind of like realigned certain things, relationship with his mother and his father, and his and his ex wife and his kid and stuff like that, and kind of like acknowledging that like who he is and who he's not and who he's always going to be. And I just feel like this is like my favorite technical album of his, and like a couple of songs are my most favorite. But I. I don't think I could recommend it to people because unless you know the Eminem saga and you understand like his his like his career, I think if you if you follow his career to like the T, you'll get this album. But I feel like if you're like a casual Eminem fan or you don't you don't give a shit about him, you're not gonna like this Marshmallow LP album. Yeah, I agree with pretty much all that to be honest. Um I, I just think this is one for the fans really. This was a kind of thank you to the fans in, in certain ways. And it's still sold. They're still sold healthily because of oh, yeah. the monster, basically. I mean, take out monster, and this, this wouldn't have sold particularly healthy, other than just by virtue of him being Eminem. Um, yeah. But I mean, there are countless songs on here that are fantastic, and you know, like I, I still think when I was listening to it today, you know, I still think there are a lot of parts of it that I think, oh man, just don't spit that fourth verse. You know, do three verses. But, but, but kill the fourth one, bro. Kill it. Come on. I was kind of imagining myself in the fucking studio with him going, come on, dog. Okay, I, I know it's hot, but just kill that fourth one. It just takes the steam out of things, you know. Uh, but it's an indulgent, it's a very indulgent album. And if anyone earned the right to make an indul- indulgent album, it's Eminem, you know, for God's sake. But I, I, I don't know. Like, I think Rap God works. It's six minutes and three seconds. I don't yeah. think there's a wasted <laughs> moment on it. But then we're, on, we're, so we're like proper rap fans. That's the difference. Whereas I think yeah. if you've got like, there are a couple of other songs on here where you're just like, all right, come on, you know, but, but I mean, in general, I still love the album. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got some incredible, what are your favorite songs from it? I mean, my favorites, over, like my favorite, like I enjoyed the whole album, but if you, if you put a gun in my head, like my, my, my ultimate favorites are a uh, bad guy, um, uh, evil twin so far. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one. There's another one. Um, like those are my, probably my elite three, and then it's hard because the other ones are equal to me for the most part. But I think those three are like the elite of the elite, and, and headlights would probably be like just beneath those. But I think like bad guy and 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 rap god so far and evil twin are like my favorite ones. Just like just on a, on a pure rapping level, like so far it's just such a great piece of storytelling. It's just so funny. It's like it's like another day in my life thing. It's like the same thing he did in, in uh, Deja Vu and Going Through Changes. But he's like the cranky old man. It's so it's hilarious. Like the details he put in it. Like he still plays Nintendo games. He doesn't like those those newfangled video games. Like he's the old man on the lawn. And he's like the, the, the juice stains in his couch. You know what I'm saying? It's like he's going to the supermarket. And then the girl's like talking about his crow's feet and his eyes. And he's picking his nose. At the, the, it's like it's hilarious. It's like just right there. And then Evil Twin is just like, it's so sinister. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, the, if you take the sinister of relapse, but it's like more of like a, a cool ass, like it's not it's not like off putting, but it's like it's just like he's so good at rapping with Evil Twin, and it's so and the funny thing about it is he's not like 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 doing triple time shit, he's just like lounging through it, and it's so silky, it's like hilarious, it's like that, and then Bad Guy is just a great callback to Stan. I just love that, I love that story. Yeah, uh, I mean for me, I think. I know we're never, ever, ever going to get this from Eminem, but if this had been 10 songs, then, mm-hmm. you know, like with a 
skit or something. You know, you've got bad guy, parking lot, rhyme or reason, survival, rap god, um, maybe stronger than I was or something. Monster, so far, love game, headlights, evil twin. That is like, you know, like nine or ten songs or whatever. If if you'd given me that album or even the wider world that album, I think it would have been really digestible and, and it still would have had like the monster on it. Um, like you were saying, so far, so far should have been a fucking single, man, like a proper single. Like, why Why wasn't there a video for so far? Like, it would have been brilliant. It, the way he wrote, okay, we said this in that podcast, so I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. <laughs> we literally talked about this for 20 <laughs> gotcha. minutes in that podcast. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I just think we're, we're never going to get like, like uh, I was going to play a guessing game with a new album and like how many minutes is it going to be? It's clearly going to be like 76 minutes or something like that. Or 70. He, oh, yeah. he, he just hates wasting. He's like, he's so, he hates wasting minutes on a CD, but like, no one buys CDs anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, or like, okay, some. But he loves it, but... rapping. He loves, that's the thing. I know. This, this is but... an, a Marshmallow piece. Too. That, I mean, that, I know you understand the issue with him like doing the four things, but to, when I hear, when I hear the Marshmallow LP, I mean, I'm going to get off this for a moment. When I hear the Marshall's Method LP, I hear a man who loves the fucking rap. He loves rapping. He loves the, the art of rapping. He loves rapping. There's not many, like, don't get me wrong, there's legends who love rapping. But there's, I mean, he's he's an upper 10% of, like, the greatest rapper. But there's not many rappers I can think of, except for the, the elite, that love rapping as much as that guy loves rapping. And when I hear the Marshall's Method LP, I hear a guy who loves fucking rapping. He loves the art of it. He loves words. He loves it. That's what I, that's what I feel like when I hear that one. But going back to uh, revival, I think revival is going to be it's, it's going to pick up where recovery left off. He might have some surprise guesses. That's why I think there's no there's no track list. He's going to pop out. I would almost let me ask you a question. If you were to wager a guest, if you're going to have guests on there, you, you got Beyonce coming up there. Do you think Jay Z is going to be on this album? No, I don't think so. You don't think that's ever going to happen? You don't think um, that will happen? Would no. you? I don't think so. I don't think you're going to get like a Jay Z or a Nas or anyone like that. The closest we've got really was what little little Wayne when Wayne was like yeah. kind of just past his peak, but still really good. Um, I mean, that's it. I don't think there's what has there ever been like another. You know, obviously collaborating with Dre's. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Dre's yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty on encore. Yeah, fifty on encore. That's about it. And then on um, recovery. Yeah. But they're not like he's not like top tier, top tier. Like he's like above average, but you're talking about like 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 legend, legend. Yeah, there's not been anyone really, and this was the annoying thing. You know, I, I was listening to Marshall Mathers LP two, and I was like, there are so many things that he could do because he's so good. He, he could do so mm-hmm. many different things. Like, uh, and yet, I just think we're going to get more of the same with revival. Um, and and that's why I love recovery even more because it isn't more of the same. It's something that's really different, and it it, it like it breathed a lot of fresh air into Eminem's like discography which i think is quite stagnant in a certain uh, in a number of ways you know if you if you if you look at his discography the basically i mean you've got okay forget infinite you've got slim shady marshall mathers and m&m show like you say that's that trilogy fine encore mm. like no i mean he was just off his face on drugs relapse again like that's him feeling his way back into it so just you can immediately discount those two albums you know save for a few songs whatever then you've got recovery and then, and then you've got Marshall Mathers LP too. You, you've not actually got that many albums. Now, okay, I mentioned other ones like D12 or Bad Meets Evil. You know, you've even got like, after Ma- Marshall Mathers LP two, you've got the Shady XV one, the Shady 15 one, which was trash. I remember reviewing that and I trashed it. Um, 
in in July of fifteen, you've got Southpaw original soundtrack, which he kind of he was supposed to star in Southpaw, then wisely thought twice about it because it's not a very good film. Uh, <laughs> And, and like you know, he, he sort of helped do the soundtrack. I think I think Guts Over Fear was on that soundtrack, if I remember correctly. Mm. And and then that's it. And now we've got Revival coming out this fucking Friday. And, and, and he's not actually been. I I don't know. Like I I can tell why people no longer particularly care about Eminem that much. Like Walk on Water obviously got a good reaction in some ways, but then a lot of people, there was a lot of hate for it on Twitter and Facebook. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, this is trash, this is trash, this is trash. Who cares? And I have to say, I mean, I don't I don't know if I'll keep this in the edit or not, but because it's such a can of worms, but black people, my God, you, you fucking hate Eminem. You fucking hate, you're so racist against Eminem. Jesus Christ. Now, I mean... No, right, let me say that. Let me oh. qualify that. Let me qualify that first. There's two types. Wait a minute. Because I'll say this. The vocal, you know, I'll break it down like this. There's a there's a group, there's a group that will never give him his credit. Here's the thing, here's the thing. His peers, his peers, the legends, the the people that know rap, they all give him props. What what I mean, like, cause think about it. What what legend has not given Eminem his props? What a legend? Give me give me a legend that hasn't given Eminem his props. Oh, uh, I don't know. Like some, a legend, some, like some, a le- some 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 mumble rapper. From- Two but they're ago. but they're not legends. Yeah, no, but I'm talking, I about, I'm talking about like I top tier, top tier rappers. Yeah. No, I always made this argument with with, with people with, with that group, people at Eminem. It's a, um, it's like the vocal minority because because here's the thing, like his albums still sell. Like every time they say he's irrelevant, like even 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 though Marshmallow's LP didn't make a splash, it sold heavily. I think it was one of the best selling rap albums of that year. Like even his lesser albums are one of the best selling albums of that year. Now people can make argument, well, his fan base is huge. I'm like. But then I, I also say this: There's something to be said, and it, 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 it's a rarity because always people say that it's always the white thing. This is where I'll get on my on my soapbox right here. You can throw the white thing all you want, but how many? And me and this guy were talking about this on Twitter. Name another another white hip hop artist next to the Beastie Boys that made a bigger impact on on rap than Eminem. I mean, you got Third Base, you got your Bubba Sparks, you got your Paul Walls, you got maybe like your um your uh who was that guy um. Yellow Wolf. I, I love college. Yeah, yeah, Yellow Wolf. You got what's his name? They tried to take the college route with it. He did Lark on the Go Kart. Asher Roth. Mac Miller. Asher Roth. Like how many? Macklemore. I guess. Macklemore. Right? Yeah, but he's but he's like already already dipped out anyway. But how many people have that? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? But how many people have that huge of a fan base? This is to Eminem's credit. He touched a whole lot of people for that for the subject matter that he goes for. He has a huge fan base that'll push him through. And you can't get that kind of fan base by being bullshit. You can't. There's no way you can do that. There's no way. You have to have some degree. And it's not teeny boppers that are into him. It's like it's like his, if you go to an Eminem concert and you see who kind of Eminem fans, they're all types of people who are Eminem fans. I think it's just the thing right now is is that even he said on, on Walk on Water, he said on Rap God, he's like, you're never going to give me. And he knows it. He says it all the time. And that's what Walk on Water is like. He already knows what they're going to say. Walk on Water is basically like, I already know what your motherfucker's going to say if I put this album out. I already know. And then even at the tipper end, even though he announced all that shit, he's still saying, I still go fucking stand, bitches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, like I'll pull my car out. I, I can pull my car. I, I can pull the song that, that I'm great. Like, he's legitimately a great rapper. And this guy I was talking to on Twitter, he was saying this. He was like, he was like, you guys are just hating just to hate you. He's like, the, the issue is you don't want to give this white guy credit. You don't yeah. want to give him credit yeah. Yeah. about what he did. And that's what it is at this point. At this point, for you, he said, at this point, if you're still hating Eminem like this, don't fucking buy the album then. Just ignore it. But you can't sit there and, and like I remember when he when he came out when he did the um when he did the the, the Trump cipher 
And then people were like, well, it was terrible. But I was like, he wasn't trying to spit on that fucking song. He was making his attention clear. He wasn't trying to give you the greatest bars of all fucking time. He was just making an argument like, this is what he stands for, and this is what I stand for. And if you're not down with that, then fuck you too. Like, he wasn't trying to give you, like, triple bars. Like, he just can't, and then when people like, he can't rap anymore, I'm like, if anybody, I'm, I'm going to say this, I always, I'm going to say this on Twitter, I want to say this on this podcast right now. Anybody who thinks he can't rap, he's, he still doesn't have it. If you listen to Marshall Mathis LP and still say he's a trash rapper, that was only a couple years ago, and you still tell me he don't got it, then you're full of shit at this point. I'm sorry. If you can't, you can say, not, you can say those songs going too long and this and that, but if you're telling me he's still not, a te- he's not one of the top elite technically Profession rappers listen to Amarcho's LP, regardless of whether you like the songs or not, just going by his technical skill on that album, you can't sit there and tell me he's trash now. You cannot tell me that. You can't. There's no argument for that. Then that means you're just hating for no reason. Hating. You can say you don't like the album, you can say you don't like the songs, but you can't tell me he still can't rap. I was my friend put me onto that best friend song he did with um with uh with Yellow Wolf. Oh my god, yeah, like he was just he was going. I was like, I, I was like, where did song slip by me by? Like he was just going in it, and, and, and I see some people on, on the on the uh, underneath the YouTube podcast talking about that's terrible. I'm like, dog, you you're you're full of shit. Now you now you're not making any sense anymore. You're just hating just to fucking hate at this point. Yeah, uh, but I just think a lot of it is just sheer racism. Basically, it's just like literally, yeah. and and I'm, I'm it's not even me thinking this; it's literally me reading this. People put this on Facebook and Twitter. It's like someone someone was like, "Oh, you know, what do you think of Walk on Water?" I thought it was trash. Blah blah blah. And someone was like, "Well, he's he's white. I don't give a fuck. Fuck that guy." And it's like, okay, well, Beyonce's not white, is she? <laughs> You know, no. she's literally singing on the song. It's Beyonce as well, and and then and then someone's like, oh, you know, they they created a, an edited version where it's just Beyonce singing on it, and that's like equally pointless. And it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. We we can be snarky as fuck. Like, uh, don't get me yeah. wrong. We we absolutely can. But I I just find me like like okay, what you were saying before about like find find me a white rapper who's you know, even like a tenth as relevant apart from the Beastie Boys, basically. And that's completely true. But also find me someone who's white in general. Yeah, forget being a rapper, just a general white person who is that respectful of the black community and who has immersed themselves in black culture and who never, ever tries to take ownership of it and always pays his dues, pays his respects, like, Ten times over what what is yeah. expected to be honest. You know, did, you, did you see what he got to be award award? And, uh, I'm sorry. You no, 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 no. It's exasperation for, about the whole situation. You know, it's just crazy. Not yeah. There was an award show when he when he got when he got for the best rap. He's like, I don't even know why I got this. I didn't even put it out in four years. But then the first thing he said, he gave props to Chuck D and Be Real behind him. He was like, those are legends. Like yeah. he never like remember he did the, when he did the um like he always goes like he did the thing with Tech Nine. Like he does albums with these people. And he shows respect for them. Like. Like, he's supposed to be, like, this top guy, but he always comes down to all these people. Like, I remember Pharrell Munch was touched that he gave Pharrell Munch shout-out and Rap God. Yeah. Yeah, like, he chose respect for these guys. He's a student of it. Like, when I was watching when he did the Art of Rap, when he started doing Trek, when he gave Trek a shout-out for Jack the Rapper. And I was like, I was like, he, he, he spit it like, it was like yesterday he did that stuff like that. Like, even when Yellow Brick Road, like, he admitted, like, when he said the N-word back in the day, and he's like, he felt stupid about it, and he explained himself. He's like, there's no excuse to ever said it. And he never, ever used, ever, ever did that. Like I never seen a point in Eminem where, like you said, he never disrespected black culture at all. At some point, he knows he's a guest in somebody else's house. Yeah, and he's and he, and he makes sure that he sells, and then he puts other people on. He puts other people on. So, and this is what pisses me. Like it, it's exactly what you said. He knows he's a guest, right? And then, and then you get black people just like 
who who are like fuck that guest <laughs> you know this is the best guest you're going to get this guest is like a fucking five star rating on on whatever it is on airbnb don't 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 say just fuck that guy when he's like such a good guest and and he's done so much and he's brilliant and everyone you know generally people like you know like okay if you're going to get into technical things you can say oh i don't like him for this reason xx fine there's no fucking rule you have to like him there's no problem with that i give a shit it's your life but but just stop the hate like the especially the racist hate because it's just such a double standard okay i know white people etc 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 but just take eminem on his own merits yeah and just be like okay i'm gonna listen to this guy hear what he has to say if i don't like it i don't like it fine Okay, no problem. But just don't be a dick. Stop being fucking dicks, basically. You know, and stop being racist dicks as well. You don't get a pass every yeah. single time, you know, just because Eminem is the only hugely successful white rapper, say for the Beach Boys, because here's what the problem. Yeah, old, you know, because here's what the problem right now going around the world, and it's not just black people, but it's like all groups. At some point, if you if you're going to call other people racist. Then you and I understand. Like I, I say, do unto others unto you. I go each. I go from person to person. If you're, I'm not going to disrespect you unless you disrespect me first, and then I'll disrespect you specifically. That's my issue right there. But you can't color everybody with the same thing. Yeah. And and, and that goes for every. That goes for every group. You can't sit there and, and it goes for white people. It goes for white people, black people. It goes for Asian people. It goes for all people. It's like if you're going to if you if you're going to have that standard, you set the standard. But once that person disrespects you, then go out on them. But until then, you can't sit there and color all these people with a thing. The world is not fair for any of us. It's not. None of us is not fair for us. Do white people have a certain advantage over all of us? Yes. But there's certain white people that, don't, that have bad luck, too. Don't get me wrong, too, at the same time. It, but it, but the real issue is the the, the, peop, the the powers that be and the powers that don't. You know what I'm saying? Like That's the real issue. And everybody else is doing this whole entire thing. Well, you got to work than I do. This is blah, 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 blah. We all got specific fucked up situations. Degree and some have it worse than others, but there is fucked up shit. But you can't sit there and, and, and do the same thing that they're doing and then expect things to be okay. I mean, that's a whole other issue. We can have a, another podcast on that stuff right now. But I just feel like I also feel like it goes back to it goes back to Twitter group think with Eminem hate because I don't really like outside of that. I go to I, my school when I see my kids. The kids love Eminem. The kids that I go to high school, the kids that I see in my high school, they respect Eminem. When they said, it's like, they're like, Mr. Scott, you see Eminem talking about Trump that day." Like I, there's no kids in that high school that talk trash about Eminem. I just sometimes I just feel like it's a specific group on these social media groups that do all the stupid shit, and then everybody else is out there because those kids, you think Eminem's irrelevant? Like those kids, are like Eminem's one of the best rappers of all time, and these are high school kids in 2017 saying this. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes I think it goes back to that Twitter group think, that social media group think, where it's like they congregate, they find one one thing to stick on, and they congregate there, and they start doing all this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And and I think like I, I think on Revival we're gonna get a different kind of M. You know, like like we're saying, it'll probably be more of a continuation of recovery. Like say for example, there's there's rumors that two chains might be on the album. <laughs> you know. And and then <laughs> I, I, I think I think you're gonna get like a, a much bigger kind of a wider palette of artists contributing or at least being referenced, you know? Um yeah. so, so like, like, you know, I can see there being trap music on it. I can see there being this. I can see there being that. No, you know, Walk on Water is just like it's just the first taste of the whole album, yeah. and it's not. It's not. Eminem's not going to make a fucking album of piano ballads without a beat. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, 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 for God's sake, yeah. This is literally just like the first taste of it. It's probably going to be like the closer to the album, or, or, or like one of the penultimate, or opening, or, or even an opening, maybe just to yeah. warm it up, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, whatever it is, but. You know, just just 
wait, for fuck's sake, it comes out on Friday. Just literally wait a week before... And, and, and just stop being racist. Just stop being racist, for yeah. God's sake. My thing is also this. Who are these other rappers besides maybe Kendrick and like a few other people in the mainstream that are even rapping on that level? You know what I'm saying? Like, or even having that kind of content. Like, sometimes I, I wonder, like, I think, because, like, they're always, because, like, there's, 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 there's Twitter artists, and then there's the real world where people actually listen to. And sometimes you have these Twitter artists that come out, and I'm like, nobody ever heard of these people outside of Twitter or outside of social media. But we have other ones, the other stuff that's selling. That's what I'm saying. Is go back to that group thing sometimes. I feel like I, I made, I made a metaphor. I, I made a concept. I made, I made a kind of thing. Like, it's like, it's like the New England Patriots. Like, when, it, when somebody's always winning, then people got going to hate wagon for no reason. You know what I'm saying? It's always that. It's always when you win too much. It's like with, with the Marvel movies. Like you, you don't have to like them, but you have to respect the fact that people are seeing or or doing the stuff. You don't have to like shit. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to be irrationally hate towards something. Not to respect like at least what it's doing. You know what I'm trying to say? So I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, and no one's perfect. No one has. A, yeah, no. What artist ever Even has like Jay-Z a hundred percent record? Yeah. No one has a perfect. It's impossible. Yeah, know? it's the very nature of art. You're gonna have hit and miss periods, and and you're gonna have hit and miss albums. And Eminem is no mm-hmm. different. If anything, I mean, you know, I, I used to be one of these people who's like, oh yeah, Eminem hasn't got a classic album. He hasn't got a classic album. He hasn't got a classic. And, and then then I really kind of like accepted Marshall Mathers more and obviously it's a classic um yeah I, I'm probably wrong about Eminem show as well like I mean for me I don't know if that's a classic but bloody good uh yeah and you know but but then I I, I have a certain set of parameters that I define a classic through and, and I yeah. might be completely different to someone else uh, who just loves him if you love the guy you love the guy it's as simple as that exactly exactly you know but but I don't I, I mean saying all that I I I'm tempering my expectations for a revival. I think it's going to sell like shitloads. Like you were saying about Marshall Mathers LP2, <laughs> that was the second best-selling album in America that year, and it got released in November. <laughs> you know, like he 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 can sell like Adele. You know what I mean? Like the, it, mm. it's it, revival is going to sell no matter what. So don't worry about that. But I I just think it's going to be an interesting one. I just hope I just hope he maintains the quality level throughout. I hope that it's a nice, wide, varied palette, which I think it will be. Um, and I think judging by that first single, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, not just. I think, I think you're gonna have like you got the first single, and then I think you you may well have someone like Two Chains on there. And why not? You know, do something different. I I would rather have an Eminem album that was by no means perfect, but that was really fresh and different and was relevant. Try and do something different, yeah. Yeah, like if you think, like, I mean, I, I completely forgot to mention that Kendrick was on Marshall Mathers LB2 because when we were talking about like high profile guest stars, because he was on that. But if if you think about what Kendrick did with Damn, yeah, like a lot of people are like, oh, he sold out, oh, he sold out, oh, he sold out. But it's still a great listen. It's a, an incredible listen. And he didn't sell out really, but I mean, he just happened to make an album that was sellable and that's the difference whereas Eminem's always made al- albums that are sellable basically um I don't even know if that's a word sorry saleable sellable fuck it whatever but like I think we posited that a couple of theories about about what an Eminem album could sound like in 2017 you know if he worked with Kendrick's camp that would be dope if if he kind of like did that recovery route with more modern producer, you know, like sort of today's more relevant producers, that would be kind of cool as well. Um, because it, and combine that technical rapping ability that he, you know, he kept improving like over that initial period. I think it could be something really cool, but whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. 
just don't be racist. For fuck's sake, stop being racist. That's what pisses me <laughs> off. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Trash the guy yeah. say, no, this song is crap because here are my following reasons. You know, you've got 280 characters on Twitter now. Fucking use it. Just don't be racist. <laughs> Pricks. <laughs> I agree. Life's too short to be that way. Yeah, man. Um, so that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you turn a promise of a one-hour podcast into two. <laughs> you know, literally the, the, the sky got dark as I was talking. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. man. That's okay. I knew we'd get carried away talking about Eminem, but fuck it. It was good. Um, it, this is like, I think that I'm just going to try and get this out as soon as possible so that people can just start getting hyped for the album and uh, and then and then kind of revisit some of his old work. And then Revival, uh, as I was saying in the kind of intro, we will copy it, and depending on how complex it is, we'll need a bit of time to digest it, but that will be the first podcast that we record. As soon as we've got Revival, that will be the podcast that we do and release. So, um, yeah, we'd better just get out because we've gone on so long. But um, catch us on Facebook, Transatlantic Rebels, and on Twitter at T underscore Rebels. So it's peace from me, and it's peace from Rashad. Rashad.